For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's November 3rd, 2023. I am at Joel Pearl. It's time to get in the weeds. Jeremy and I are especially excited because someone else today gets to enjoy the opening sequence and opening title card to our show, as crazy as it is. Jeremy Lambert's here. How are you doing real quick before we bring on our guest? I always feel bad when we make anybody sit through that. <laughs> I, I feel really, really bad about it where's our new one tim yes do something for this show right now my conversations with tim include trying to get a new intro and trying to convince him not to go away for the holidays because greek town is running uh it's supposedly at maple leaf gardens in toronto but they're bringing in jerry lynn and of course santana's coming back so i'm trying to get him so i can get some interview work done but otherwise i'll just go on my own regardless not important tim will get us a new intro soon i promise but i also promised a good a good guest and i'm giving you a great guest right off the top Tonight, it airs on Impact Plus and the Ultimate Insiders on YouTube or on Fight TV, wherever you're going to watch it. This man takes on his newest mortal enemy, Joe Hendry. Today, we have the one and only very excited to welcome him on. Simon Miller joins us now. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you, guys. It is a pleasure to be here. I enjoyed that weird opening. I like looking at Vince <laughs> McMahon's mustache. And yeah, I'm just I'm having a good day. I'm having a good week. Pretty damn crazy, but no, thank you so much for having me on. Cheers! It's good to have you. It's good to it's yeah, good thanks to for joining bring us. you on. Yeah, so let's let's just get right into this match. So it's going to air tonight on on Impact's uh, various areas of, of airing. You're taking on Joe Hendry, and this all started with food fight. Well, it started a, a little bit before that with your ups and downs, and then it became a food fight. So give give us a little bit of the background of the story with Joe Hendry. <laughs> Absolutely. So obviously, you know, Impact celebrated, you know, a milestone when they had uh, a, a recent show. It was Impact 1000, I believe it was. So, you know, we at What Culture decided, well, you know, we don't give enough love to, to love to Impact Wrestling. We would love to, but anyone that frequents, <laughs> you guys will know, <laughs> frequents uh, internet wrestling communities, there's a lot of content and trying to squeeze out more content sometimes can be hard. And all I did, hands up, look, nice, innocent Simon Miller over here. All I did was not particularly, you know, enjoy what Joe Hendry had done on that evening. That's not to say that Joe Hendry isn't a wonderful pro wrestler. That's not to say that Joe Hendry hasn't made strides in the wrestling business over the last few years. But as I talked about, he took it the wrong way and he decided to try and beat me up. 
<laughs> I wasn't at what culture HQ, which he knows, by the way. He knows I don't work there. He knows I'm a freelancer roaming around. And then, yes, I, you know, we agreed to sit down for his food fight show. We threw chicken at each other, as any good uh, combat combatants <laughs> would do. And now we have to sell it in the ring later, like every good wrestling feud. It ends with chicken, and then you'd get in the ring and you see who the better man is. Why do you think Joe Hendry is such a dick? Honestly, he tries to portray himself as a good guy, and then, but he's kind of he's kind of a little jerk. I don't know. Maybe it's because people don't believe in him. Maybe that's what it is. If you don't believe in Joe Hendry, he's like, but I've told you this a thousand times. And again, look, Jeremy, with my with my serious hat on. Uh, especially from looking at it from a UK perspective. He has made tremendous strides over the last couple of years. Like, he really, really, really has. And he's a very, very smart uh, human being, too, in terms of how, how he markets himself. I just think he needs to understand that sometimes people are going to say things you don't like about you, and that's okay. And it shouldn't... Look, it shouldn't... If every single time someone said something bad about you, it ends with you having fisticuffs... I don't, well, look, that is kind of how society works, but I think there has to be some, some kind of a line, but look, he put out the challenge and I'm happy to, to answer that challenge and, and prove to him that YouTubers can still kick ass. That's the, it's the, that's the major thing we're taking away here is that you can make wrestling videos and you can get in a ring and still prove that you deserve to be there. Okay. But can we talk about gut check these nuts though? I mean, I thought it was a good line, right? That's a great line. <laughs> That's a great line. Joe said, do you want to be on Gut Check? And I said, Gut Check, he's nuts. That's funny. That is funny stuff as far as I'm concerned. He didn't like it. He still doesn't like it. He thought he thinks I make a joke out of, out of wrestling. And do you know what? He is correct. But it's meant to be like an all-encompassing joke. It's meant to be like wrestling's funny. We all get in our pants and roll around. Maybe we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. And, and he thinks that's me being disrespectful. Maybe he's right. I disagree. But that's what he thinks anyway. Have you thought about making less jokes, Simon? Are you able to do that? No, I'm not able to do that because I don't take myself seriously. That's the issue. I'd have to actually hold myself (laughs) with some kind of esteem to stop making jokes. The thing is, they're all very nice jokes. They're all very silly jokes. Like, I never say anything that anybody I don't think, well, I'm incorrect, but I always try and approach it. And I never actually, so I never actually say anything about, you know, the human being. You know what I mean? It's all about what we're seeing, what we're seeing on camera. Like that, that, that I think is is sorely lacking in the um, I don't know what do we call it? Wrestling personality space, content creator space. I don't know what the right term is. They're all horrible. They're all horrible, horrible terms. But I think there is again, not one to, to veer too off in, into a different discussion. But that's kind of the way I've always approached it because I did look at the, the, the you know, I ran the gambit. Everyone was so horrible. <laughs> I feel like there's enough horribleness in the world without also doing it for something as awesome as pro wrestling. So, you know, I always, you know, let, let's take the mick out of the characters. Let's not take the mick out of the, uh, the people behind the masks. What was the reaction when this match actually got announced? Like, what, what kind of messages did you receive when they put that graphic up? Joe Henry, Simon Miller. So... Look, social media has its pros and its cons. Let's just say it has its ups and its downs. I'm a terrible person. I've gone there, but you know, that's that's just the life. I have never received a reaction like that on social media ever. And it was kind of, there was two very different um, trains of thought. One of was, the hell is going on? (laughs) Why why you want an impact pay-per-view? Fair point, fair point. But the other one, and the one that really, you know, gave me a huge boost so many people were really, really happy about this. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, it was absolutely incredible 
you know, the, again, we just talked about it, but there is this idea that there is a lot of negativity and sadness and screw you and we hope you fail. But I was getting people both, you know, atting me in the replies and sending me, you know, DMs saying it's so cool to see that you've done this. You know, I followed everything you've done over the last few years. And, you know, it was almost like uh, we're, all, we're living vicariously through you. And the fact that you've done it kind of makes us feel like we've all done it. And that's awesome because... I don't know whether I've ever sort of marketed myself that way, but I'll absolutely take it. If we can sort of come up with this uh, little clan <laughs> that walks around and it's like, yeah, success, and we're all patting each other on on the back, then, yeah, I think that's great. And it really was. I remember, as sad as it sounds, I did kind of go to bed that night. And I just felt a little bit happier, <laughs> a little bit happier with the world. Because genuinely, I mean, again, people were really, really pleased that it happened. And they also said, I'm going to go out of my way to, to check this match out, which comes with it a certain amount of pressure. But I quite like that. I think that's, you know, being in an uncomfortable situation, I think, is um, important for growth and all those stupid human terms that we say. But yeah, if anybody is watching this and you did send me one of those messages, you know, please do know that you you truly put a spring in my sp- at my step that day. And I don't I think it's I think I'll have to double check. But in terms of you know, social media engagement. I think it destroyed any kind of record that I ever had. Like, I, I knew it was quite good because even my dad, who thinks professional wrestling is the worst <laughs> thing that has ever existed on the planet, and why he looks at the analytics of my my tweets or my ex post, whatever the hell we're calling it, even he was like, "Well, this has done very well," and then he wanted to know more about it. So I was like, "If I've won my dad over, let's 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 chalk this up to a huge success." So yeah, I get we'll give it a tick. I I got to put it over because the way that this match came together was different from how most matches on a televised wrestling program come together. It was done mostly online. Jeremy and I sat on this show and discussed it because at the time people were kind of like, what's going on with Simon and Joe Henry? And I said, and I explained, I was like, I think this is becoming a thing and I'm excited because it's turning out to be a really well put together thing as it were. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the match tonight, but here's, here's the real question going into it. What is your Nando's order? What is my, well, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a wuss. Um, actually, you know what? I, I am privileged, though. I've been having Nando's since, for like 20 years. Because somehow my nan, uh, you know, she, she's passed away now. But she, she figured out Nando's, like before Nando's was a thing. Like one day we just went to see my nan. Because we're all going out for Portuguese chicken. And we were like, what? Why? What? And it was Nando's. So I've been having Nando's for a good, you know, couple of decades. But no, I am a bit of a wuss. I have lemon and herb half chicken because again you got to get your protein in and then i have spicy rice even that's a little bit too much for me but you know you got to get your rice and ever since they introduced that broccoli i mean that's just what that's just like the most boring gym food ever isn't it oh chicken rice and broccoli (laughs) that's just what i've explained but i do i I do enjoy it although you know if we are if we are going off piste not enough people talk about this nando's make a good mashed potato now it's rare to say that about a restaurant that is you know mostly chicken focused but yeah, for no one, if you haven't tried, you haven't tried the mashed potato, check it out. It, it, it's good stuff. Which is another reason why me throwing the lemon and herb chicken at Joe was sad. I could have eaten that, and instead it ended up on his on his jacket, and he wasn't very happy about it. That and that chicken was not edible <laughs> once all that was done. I tried. It was a bad idea. Was was there any hesitation to? kind of do all of this because of the potential backlash and and reaction you know our our boss our friend sean ross sap he did an impaler ddt to the reaction of nothing and it got got a lot of backlash from that of like what what is this journalist doing trying to do wrestling stuff like did that thought ever cross your mind so i mean look i i know that, that 
that was most unfair what happened to Sean because he did, you know, he's trained to be a wrestler and all of that. And people just decided to forget that was a thing. <laughs> but I think I, I think I just got lucky. I think most people within the space we were kind of advertising the match knew that I wrestled a lot in the UK. So I think they just saw it as, oh, he's, he's making a natural, a natural next step. I suppose the difficult thing was to pull back the curtain a little bit. But again, you know, we all know what's going on here. When somehow we had successfully convinced people that it was legit, <laughs> it that's when it did get a little bit awkward because I had promoters messaging me. I had other wrestlers messaging me. I had, you know, uh, wrestling fans, you know, me- me- mentioning me uh, going like, are you okay? Do you need help? Other people being like, because it was deliberately meant to be done. Sometimes he was a bit of a dick. Sometimes I was a bit of a dick. Like, that's how I think you get people to believe in it because, you know, even if you're the nicest person ever, if I come up and punch you in the face, you're going to punch me back. You're not going to be like, no, I do not resort to violence. So there was this sort of moment where I was a bit like, oh man, people think this is this is real, <laughs> which I was not expecting. How do I kind of sort of circumvent this without, you know, it's a very, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a very delicate space because obviously you want to, you want to keep the, the dream alive but you know, as soon as we threw chicken at each other, this was always part of the plan. When we threw chicken at each other, everybody's going to know <laughs> what's going on. It's so absurd. And I was a bit like, it could upset some people. And it did. You know, I got some of the, the tweets being like, oh, I can't believe you tried to pull the wool over my eyes. But I would say that's probably a bigger, I think that's probably a shame about somewhere where the wrestling industry as a whole has headed in. No one actually likes being worked anymore, even though that's the whole point of wrestling is to be worked. You're going, oh, you scallywags, you know, you kind, you kind of got me there. But no, yeah, it, it, there was, it was certainly a couple of weeks where it was a bit rickety, especially when it was my turn to play, you know, the bigger, the bigger asshole. Because mostly that's not that's not what I do. But again, to make this work, we knew that we had to do it. But it actually was quite fun. And now I've gone through it once. I think I'd handle it better the, the, the second time. But I certainly got a lot of messages of people going, oh, you you coward YouTuber. <laughs> You're running away from Joe Hendry. And you just have to know, Seth, like, yeah, big deal. What are you going to do about it? So I think that made it more fun, though. And again, let's not pretend otherwise. This is the biggest platform I've ever been offered as a wrestler. So I just told everybody involved, whatever you want me to do, I'm just going to do it. Do you know what I mean? You've given me this opportunity, and I, you know, you, we've all heard this analogy a thousand times. If I turn up on Steven Spielberg's set, I don't go, Steve, I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> Screw you. I'm going to do what I'm told, and I'm going to make the best of it. And that's what they asked me to do. And I was like, yeah, let's go have some fun. And it really was fun. I can't lie; it's some of the best stuff I've done on that side of the uh, of sort of the wrestling bubble. No, you've got to you've got to hit to more with the that doesn't work for me, brother. Like whatever he's trying to ask you to do, like nah, that doesn't work for me, brother. Exactly. Not doing that tonight. I should have done it. I'm a YouTuber, man. You can't say you can't say that to me. We're TN ain't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> no, there you go. There is. There that is. That was awful. That was awful. Princess Diana sent us a super chat. Rest her soul. Simon is truly the best of us. <laughs> yeah, my favorite wrestling personality. Sorry, <laughs> bald man. I'm bald man. <laughs> And don't tell William. <laughs> uh, well, but coming into I, that, have you have you thought about becoming more of an asshole personality? Because you just kind of touched on it. Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that. Like we're here to yeah, we're here to have fun and have a chat, but we're here to sell a pay per view too. All I'm going to say is this because I don't want to give the game away too much. If you for many years have wanted to see a different side to Simon Miller, you want to buy Turning Point. <laughs> this evening or tomorrow or whatever because it's on streaming that was one of the things that was so appealing about this to me as well is that after the chat impact wanted to present me in a very different way and it was very exciting because 
again, I'm, I'm probably pulling the curtain back a little bit too much, but let's not be ridiculous. It is a creative endeavor and it's fun to challenge yourself in different ways. So there is a twist on this show. People should be able to figure this out. I'm doing a lot of wink, wink, nudge, nudge here. But there is a twist on this show and it worked out so well I almost broke it by smiling too much because <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. But again, it, it will go out to the wider audience this evening. And if it does get received as well as it did in the building, then I'm going to be that, the happiest man ever. But yeah, no, it was. It absolutely was. But I enjoyed it because it felt completely different. And I like that, right? That's what you... We can all do the same thing over and over, and that's awesome. But sometimes it's good to have some fun as well, which is why I'm also really excited for people to see this because some people won't see it coming. And hopefully that gets a good reaction. I hope. I cross my fingers. Joel, Joel pulled it up. I'm going to pull it up again. But Peter Bradders said, as someone there for Turning Point, it was amazing, and I love the match. That's and why cool. uh, will also said he would let you punch him in the <laughs> face if, if that's something you would want to do. Done. Awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I, we'll set that up. I have a couple of more questions that are non-impact related. I got to ask, have you considered getting into toe wrestling? Is this based on something I did recently? Is this what yes, you've looked is. up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How weird was that? <laughs> right. Let's fill people in. So seriously, here I am sat at this very desk here with my computer and all of a sudden it goes ping and I get an email and it's from Radio 2. Now, people that don't know, BBC Radio 2 is probably the biggest radio station in the UK. Uh, Radio 1 is the more super cool, hip, you know, 18 to 34 radio station. But Radio 2 is sort of incorporates that demographic and an older one too. So it has mad listenerships. And the guy that does the afternoon show is called Jeremy Vine. He's somewhat of a controversial figure because... Well, he's very loud on social media, so therefore he winds people up. And it was from their producer saying, oh, Simon, somebody's recommended us to you, uh, to us, you're a wrestler, you're also an MC. Can you come in and do some commentary as Jeremy Vine takes on the World Toe Wrestling Champion? Now, I read this email, and I'm like, well, it's a prank email. It's a prank email. What the flip? But, you know, I messaged back because I'm like, well, that sounds interesting. And they gave me a call. So, yeah, about two months ago, I went into London. I went to the BBC Radio 2 Studios, which is a very professional outlet, <laughs> I shall have you know. And I brought a singlet for Jeremy Vine to wear, which was also strange. And I sat there and I watched the World Toe Wrestling Champion take him on. I had to learn all the rules. And it was the most bizarre thing I've done in 2023. But... It's also one of those cool things that only professional wrestling could, could throw at you. Uh, I don't think I'll get into it. I don't know if anyone... Go on YouTube, Toe Wrestling right now. It's like Thumb Wars, whatever it's called these days, but obviously with your feet. And I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't really want to touch anybody else's feet. <laughs> That's the truth of it. It's a little bit... But this guy was really good. My gosh, he was... Yeah, he absolutely, he absolutely smashed it. But no... So I, I well, actually know, yes, I have thought about it. And my answer is a resounding no. I don't, I don't want to do it. So strange, but also pretty cool. Again, pure pro wrestling. Uh, Jeremy, I don't know if you got another one. Oh, I didn't know if you had one. You said you had a couple non-wrestling. I didn't know if there was another one besides toe wrestling, which I was not expecting at all. Um, I was I was just going to ask, getting back into the the impact and wrestling, you know, they were back in the UK for the first time in like forever. Um, just the overall vibe of, of the show and, and impact when, you know, rebranding back to back to TNA. What was the overall vibe back then? It was crazy. Like, again, I wasn't at the Glasgow or Coventry shows, but, you know, I saw the clips and I heard from the guys mad crowds do you know what i mean so 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 loud and the newcastle show where turning point is is live from you know i kind of went and stood behind the curtain when the show started just to get you know, that classic thing get a feel what do people sound like and you know, i don't know what the attendance was it was i mean it was probably sold out and that place holds about 
I don't know, 2,500 people or something like that. But it was so loud and they were so up for it. And they were just, you know, they kept that energy up for the whole the whole show, which is a good three hours long. And apparently it was the same for the whole tour. And it, it, we've kind of seen it back in the day. I suppose because TNA slash Impact is on free, free TV over here, it, it's just opened it up for a bigger fan base, especially sort of back in the... 2010 whenever it was that era you know if you didn't want to pay for wwe you could just watch tna and i think that's kind of meant over here a lot of people grow up with it so it's their wrestling company of choice like a lot of the younger wrestlers that are on the scene over here they're not wwe guys they're tna guys because again they don't have any money when they're children so they're not going to go for sky or bt or tnt as it is now over here they watched it on free television and therefore i think that's kind of you know, translated across to the fan base too. So even though they haven't been over in eight years or whatever it was, they still want to go back. And the fact that they announced it was TNA again, like a week before, again, just constant TNA, TNA chance. So it was really cool to see because I think that's been the best thing about wrestling this year is that there is so much wrestling on TV, but you can pick and choose what you want. And of course, you know, WWE has a bigger fan base and Impact doesn't have as big a fan base, but there's still people that are so damn passionate about it and they're so dialed in. And really, that's all you can ask for, right, is an audience that is happy to support you and, uh, yeah, you know, back your product. So, yeah, it was awesome to see. Um, I think no one has said anything to me, but the vibe was they're going to come back a lot sooner, I presume in 2024. And again, I think the more they come over and the more they can reestablish themselves here, they just, you know, do bigger venues. And again, they have such a cool footing over here. And I thought it was also, not just me, but it was so badass how they reached out to a bunch of UK wrestlers to get that sort of feel on the show. And obviously they signed Leon off the back of it too, Leon Slater, who's just nonsense wrestler. I mean, I don't know how he does half the things that he does do. So I do think they have, like I say, a really cool connection over here. And I hope they can keep it going because, you know, I mean, WWE was over here on Sunday too. And obviously AEW had the all-in show. So we're just winning. <laughs> we're, we're just winning right now. And I'm never going to get mad at that because there was a long while after WCW died where we would just get those ridiculous UK pay-per-views by WWE. And they were just glorified house shows. They were fun going to. But after every one, you drove home going, I kind of think they pulled the wool over our eyes. <laughs> I don't actually think that meant anything. So to get to this space now, I just think it's super cool. And it kind of it almost um, increases your fandom even more because you actually have something to get more invested in. I was going to ask, uh, I, I like the idea of them coming back because you've got Will Ospreay wanting to come back in a TNA ring. You've got Zack Sabre Jr. recently saying he yeah, wants yeah, to compete yeah. in back. To which I say you have until December, Zach, because then it's TNA. But uh, regardless, there's there's plenty of, of UK talent that's available and ready to work in TNA. And I, I hadn't realized, like you said, it's on free TV in the UK. So the availability is right there. It's, it's sound. So that's that's pretty wild. Um, my, yeah. my last question for you. What's your favorite Metallica song and your favorite Metallica album? Yes. I know you were a Metal Club fan. I mean, obsessive. My girlfriend thinks I'm weird um there's a room in my house that's dedicated to metallica memorabilia <laughs> which i'm genuinely embarrassed about but also don't care um so it changes every day i mean you have to say that because it's true but i'm going to give you the the boring answers actually no no i'll give you a different answer my favorite metallica song right now is creeping death mostly because it came on in the gym yesterday and i had this is why i love metallica so much and i'm sure people can relate to it it was like i'd never heard it before who knows why right it just got me and I was like, this is the greatest riff I've ever heard in my life. So I'm going to throw Creeping Death in there. But Master of Puppets is my is, is my favorite album, just because, again, there's a bias to it in the sense it was the first album I ever heard by Metallica. And as stupid as it sounds, when I did first hear Metallica, it totally changed what I thought music was. 
like I was super young and all my friends were listening to pop music and R&B, which I liked to a, to a certain extent, but it didn't really do much for me. Then I heard Master of Puppets and it was like, oh my gosh, is this how they feel about, about that genre of music? And it just, it, it never gets old. But I'm such a Metallica fan. I can even, I've even gone through Lulu a couple of times, the Lou Reed album, and been like, well, it's not that bad. And look, it is that bad. It's that bad. As bad. In, that, it's bad. It's, it, that should be like, all copies should be buried in the center of the earth and nobody should be allowed to listen to it. But I, sometimes I would go on these flights of fancies and go, well, actually, from 1 minute 27 to 2 minutes 12, that riff is pretty good. <laughs> Maybe we can, we can draw something out of that. But no, yeah, right now I go for Creeping Death and I'll go for uh, Master of Puppets. But I would also give a shout out to No Leaf Clover because nobody ever, ever talks about that song. Especially because it was just a random song they did on SNM one day. They just played it live with them. That's a new song. It was like, what? And that was it. Never talked about it again until they reintroduced it into their live set years later. So, yeah. But yeah. even so, the, the live version that they do without a symphony orchestra just doesn't have the same appeal. Like, it's it, so much better and broader with a full symphony yeah. orchestra. That 1999 version, dare I say it, cue the internet melting down, is actually perfect. Like, it is perfect. Yeah. And really, if they'd never played it again, that probably would have added to its sort of specialness as well. But I do love that song. Yeah, it's amazing. I grew up with with Metallica and Anthrax, Pantera. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a lot of the metal bands from that of that era. So, uh, so I, I needed to ask because yeah, Metallica was big in my day, uh, and Megadeth, of course. Always, you know, always, you wow. have to. Yeah, crazy uh, Dave Mustaine. <laughs> you know what? You and I might just have a whole other conversation, a whole separate time about metal and and all that stuff. Uh, but I've I, I've ran out of stuff to talk about for now. We're we're gonna let you keep. We're gonna let you go about your day. I know you got a busy night tonight, so why don't you plug your stuff and get on out of here? Hell yeah! I mean, if you just go to What Culture Wrestling on YouTube, search for myself, Simon Miller. You get two different channels. And very sadly, if I had known where my career was going, I never would have called myself this when I signed up to social media. Simon Miller three one six. <laughs> on all platforms again when i signed up for that i was like working in a completely different industry and i couldn't have simon miller obviously so i thought well i like stone cold steve austin <laughs> and now it's just become a thing and uh yeah if you are in the uk I'll, and you're living in birmingham i'll see you this evening so i'm about to jump in a car and uh, and go wrestle which i'm very very excited about for kamikaze wrestling so i'll give them a shout out too but yeah if you just search for simon miller usually my stupid bald head uh, pops up and any kind of support would rock and guys i also want to say thank you very much for having me on uh, i just love it anytime anybody asks me i feel super privileged so thank you very much it was a pleasure well, having you. thank you for joining us yes appreciate you joining us simon why so will ask to give the chat an up please oh, absolutely absolutely everyone the chat gets an up you guys get an up and the whole shebang gets a golden up don't forget None of that means anything, <laughs> but if it means something to you, I massively appreciate it. So golden ups all round. There you go. Everybody's everybody's popping for the golden yes. ups. Thank you, Simon. Yes. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Everyone check out Turning Point tonight. Watch Simon kick the shit out of Joe. <laughs> we'll be covering it tonight. We'll be covering it tonight. YouTube.com slash Fightful. Myself and Cresta Star. We will have a post show after Turning Point talking about this, putting over Simon and I'm sure burying the absolute heel Joe Henry. That's what we're going to do. Don't Simon, worry. thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're looking forward to doing it again. My pleasure, guys. Thanks, I'll see Simon. you soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. The one and only Simon Miller. My God. Fantastic. What a way to start your morning, huh? Good job, Joe Pearl. Good job. My God. I will take that pat on the back happily. <laughs> Chat, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you had fun. And leave a thumbs up, by the way, while you're here. We didn't get to do that right away because uh, we wanted to get right to Simon this morning. And, of course, you can go ahead and subscribe to us here at youtube.com slash book. We drop that content every single day. We separate the interviews out as well. We put those on our feed so that y'all can just 
ignore the rest of the show and get to the real stuff that matters. That's the conversations that Jeremy and I get into. I got to uh, I got to, to put you in the me position today, as Y Solable said, Jeremy in the troll role with the basketball hip hop conversations. Yeah, I was. Uh, look, I. I... The, the wife was messaging me saying that uh, she had her eighth grade music project on Metallica. And I messaged her back and I said, I've never heard of Metallica. So I don't know. Stop, what it. The... <laughs> Stop it. She messaged me too to let me know, by the way, which is hilarious. Big pops. Yeah, I... Yes, Metallica questions. <laughs> Never, never, never heard of them. You heard of Creed, Joel? They're going back on tour. I did. Hear I'm very excited yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that. That's going to be something. It's much better than Metallica. It's true. It's much. It's much better than a lot of things that have come out in the last 24, 48 hours. Ah, uh, Solvo says that was fun. Let's, Let's get toxic. Oh, by the way, donate a super chat and email. Get your question or statement read on the air. Like earlier when Princess Diana rose from the grave and decided to tell yeah, you're you, you did a good job uh, riffing off that. That was good. That was good. Dude, that that account has popped up more than once to donate super chats. And I, yeah, I think they time. have. Yeah. God bless it's whoever crazy. it is, whoever you are. <laughs> God bless. Oh, my goodness. Where 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 do we want to start? I So, okay, I see Ace saying you're going to take a victory lap on AMD. No, I'm not, because there were certain things about Dynamite that, again, just like we talked about last week, I did enjoy. There are certain things about Dynamite and then AEW as, as a whole that I and many others are struggling with, and I don't know where to start, because I don't want this to feel like another burying one company for the sake of burying it. Because, again, in the... In the act of, of talking about, we'll talk about Ric Flair very shortly. You know, on the other hand, WWE is about to go to Saudi Arabia and we're going to have this whole conversation again about what's going on there and the reality of, you know, WWE putting over a regime that is absolutely awful in every regard. But we we look past it because reasons. You know, the, the same thing last weekend with the uh, Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury fight. Same thing. You know, we unfortunately we look past what's going on in Saudi Arabia because they dump truck money to get you not to think about it. Uh, so in in this when I talk about what's going on in AEW, I do very much keep in mind that in the whataboutism sphere, uh, nobody's nobody's perfect and everyone's at fault and everyone kind of sucks. So that's that's where I'm at. So where do you want to start? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about old Rick. Yeah. There's plenty of angles to this story. There's a lot to this story. So Chi-Town Spurs, you know what? Chi-Town Spurs is going to kick us off here. It has been right all week and I was wrong. It's not a right or wrong. Exactly. Like uh, uh, AW ain't what it used to be. Way too much lowbrow comedy. Makes all the stakes feel insignificant, especially in the main event feud. I know Joel has uh, stuff to say about that um, with all the the comedy. but so we'll, we'll get we'll get into that. But I shout out I don't think it's right or wrong. People enjoy what they enjoy. And I want to make that very clear. I know there's people in the chat who like some of the stuff AEW is doing. I like some of the stuff that AEW is doing. I don't I hope people know we are not harsh. I don't even know if we are harsh. I hope people know that we're not the, the fake outrage stuff. I, I I think our audience, some of it, most of it, knows that we're we're not being fake outrage over this. We have we have what we like in wrestling. We're going to talk about what we like in wrestling, and we're going to constructively, hopefully, criticize and and try to help what we don't like in certain aspects. I think a lot of us hold AEW to a higher standard, and this is fans and the talking heads like us hold AEW to a higher standard. Because they were presented as the alternative, right? WWE was bad for a lot of years. Everybody spent it, spent so many years burying WWE of like, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, they should do this, they should do this. And AEW came along and it was good. And then now it's it's not quite as good. And so we we hold them to the higher standard because they they haven't given us as much bad over multiple decades. And that's just what it is. Um and, and now they're in the position that they're in. Ric Flair. Let's. We saw him the other week. He was the big gift first thing. We said on the show, yep, not for us. Like, cool. Sting seems to like it. Good on Sting. He has an attachment to Rick that we just don't have. He has an affinity for Rick that we don't have because we are not Sting and we were not made to be Sting by Ric Flair. Like, Sting has admittedly said he owes a lot of his career to Flair and what Flair did for him in those early matches. And that's his own personal relationship he has with Rick. You see it on screen, you hear it on interviews. So that's their relationship. We both said, hey, we don't don't want him weekly. We don't want to, I don't need to see Rick every week because I don't think he owes the television product every week. And that's what it comes down to, uh, at least for me in this instance. I don't think he helps the television product every week. He wasn't there this past week's thing was like, that was cool. Then yesterday they announced the signing multi-year deal. It came out. It was two years. It's part of the energy drink as well. So everybody's going to be sipping on the woo energy. Um, and flair is going to at least be an AEW for two years. What's that going to be? Don't know. Don't know it, what that is going to be. If he's going to be on screen every week, he's making it sound like it, he's going to be on screen as much as possible, whether or not that's the, that is actually the case. We will find out in the coming weeks and months. Um, and 
he's he's going to be part of the company. The 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 Wu energy is going to be part of the company. That's what it is when it comes to Ric Flair. People are going to call out Tony Khan for the hypocrisy of calling out Vince over the allegations and then signing Ric Flair to a two-year deal. And that's completely correct. Tony Khan cannot go on these Twitter tirades and be like, well, Vince, you know, I'm ratings are the least of his worries or that, you know, shooting shots are the least of like, you can't do that. And then sign Ric Flair two weeks later, because I think even Tony knows that this isn't, he knows Rick's past. And he know I know he knows Rick's past because they were gonna bring in Rick and all out a couple years ago, and then Dark Side aired, and then they didn't bring in Rick because the heat was hot on Ric Flair, and so it was like, "Ee, let's uh, we're not gonna bring this guy in right now because the heat was on him." That's why in WWE, uh, got they they removed him from the intro, and it was the again the heat was on Ric Flair after Dark Side came out. It's been a couple years now. I think it's been two years. I think it was 2021. All this stuff happened. Uh, I don't think it was last year. Um, so it's been two years since all this happened. Rick has gone on to go out there. He's got his marijuana company with Mike Tyson. He's got his Woo Energy company and all this stuff. He's done a lot of appearances, Comic-Cons, whatever. And so now Tony feels like, oh, okay, the heat's down. We can do this and tie it to Sting. And then everything is fine. And so I brought him in. I don't think it's a good look. I, I think it is hypocritical because of the Vince stuff. And from a television standpoint, I got no time for it. And I'll, I'll talk more about it, but I feel like I've talked enough. Go ahead, Joel. Uh, first of all, Ryan Sullivan sent us a Super Chat saying more like boo energy. Yeah, it's, it, it got a lot of people feeling a certain kind of way. And the first thing that I, when I was reading the press release and Steve Argentaro, who we've talked about a lot on, on this program because he helps us uh, bring in talent from Smash Wrestling and also from Greektown uh, to talk about their, their upcoming shows. But Steve, who's been around and part of the wrestling business for many many years uh had the same feeling that it was the energy drink more than it was about rick's working in AEW. rick personally appearing that is clearly going to be a part of it rick's out there giving the interviews and putting himself in storylines and wanting to do promo ops with mjf and doing all this stuff because if there's one thing rick flair is going to do is try to make himself relevant to whatever is going on right now he said he'll take bumps you know he doesn't think that he'll wrestle a match but he's open to it he he won't say no he wants to take bumps he even said he wants to take table bumps so yeah rick's gonna rick's gonna he's in the rick flair business first and foremost jeremy you know where he can go and take perfectly safe table bumps right now the national wrestling alliance that's right real bumps baby back when bumps were men in this case, pure powder white. But I guess you know, certain generations would probably. Anyway, the point being, this is what Rick wants to do. Is he's going to talk himself up while put? He's going to put himself over while talking about the current crop and try and make it about him. And that's just what it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit of um, I don't know. Here's here's what I want people to kind of think about, and that is every time Ric Flair has done something in the last ten years how long that thing has lasted. I'm talking brand deals, sponsorships, uh, podcasts. podcasts. He had another energy drink that he was shilling. It did like four or five years ago, maybe even less time than that. It was called like Fuel Plus or something. The dude has done this and then he gets bored and he gives it up. 
This is a reality that Tony and AEW could be facing, at which point we're all going to make fun of it. And like, okay, fine. We'll be out and done with it. And I've, I've, I've had these conversations with other people of just being like, I wouldn't get too worried about this, the Ric Flair stuff based on his prior deals in sponsorship. Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's get a, an apple juice and diet Pepsi sponsorship. That would the apple juice been a while. Good callback, Cody. <laughs> Sipping on them juice boxes on the SmackDown post shows. OG right here. But yeah. the point, the point of all this is like, I think, I think everyone who is a, uh, a hardcore AEW fan, or even just like, I don't want to say day one, because then it feels gatekeepy, but I think people who found AEW as an alternative to wrestling that they didn't like, and they liked what AEW's presentation was at the beginning, I think for a lot of people, this became the beginning of the end of their interest in watching AEW and following AEW. From a business standpoint in AEW, I understand the idea of like, oh, the legends will draw. I'm not saying I agree with it. I do not think that this is the right way to approach it. But I'm saying I understand that in a room full of people who are trying to find ways to stabilize their ratings, to find different merchandising and IP options and just put them in the video game, put them in, you know, give them a, more t-shirts at the, at the shop. They're going to be selling the energy drinks at concessions at AEW shows, they said in the, uh, in the, in the, the press release. They're trying to find revenue streams and that I, I understand. But again, it's risk versus reward. And what happened once they announced it? The risk was very high. The reward was not good. They had a lot of a lot of rightfully upset fans being like, what did you do? Like, why did you do this? And then, of course, they bring back the tweet. And you just talked about it, Jeremy, that you can't go on these tweeting tirades about allegations and then bring in a guy who has very open allegations that he himself had. They're not even allegations. He himself has talked about it. You cannot do that. It's just that makes it look worse. So I'm not a big fan at all of this. It doesn't help that you have a roster of you know, 150,000 people. Uh, and that's accurate. I counted it this morning. You have a big roster and not all of them are getting their time or even opportunities to find their time. And this is one of the, one of the issues that I often find with, with, um, with AEW and it's mostly out of their control. It's that they only run their television product. There are no house shows. There's no opportunity for development. The going to the Indies and working the Indies is one thing, but when you come to TV, you want to have a streamlined opportunity you want to have a streamlined character development track and on top of that you want to be working with people who have that experience and they don't necessarily get that on the indies they're going and just they're working which is good especially if you're a young wrestler but if you're someone who's trying to reinvent yourself or figure out what your character is or even work a tv style there isn't that in AEW, and I think that kind of sucks. That's one of the things that Dark and Dark Elevation kind of brought to the table was the ability to build their wrestlers. Now I'm kind of going off on a tangent about the opportunities that should have been. But with Rick, um, but it kind of it lends to my point that like bringing in Rick takes away from a bunch of wrestlers who can be on your program weekly and building and working with it. And, you know, I just. OK, <clears throat> I will I will use this example. No, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do it. But but the point is, there's no one you can pair with Rick that would make that person look good. Because a lot of people would just be like, I don't want Rick, you know, mentoring wrestler X. It just wouldn't look good. And I'm sure like, it, it, it's, it's a kiss of death. So yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I think the point of Ric Flair beyond this energy drink 
deal. Like there are some positives in, in terms of what he brings to visibility. You know, you can make money off of his merchandise. You can make money potentially at him in video games. People know who Ric Flair is. Like, you know, the problem with one thing is that I don't think the fan base you should go after care about Ric Flair. I don't think Ric Flair brings back old fans, right? Like you're going to go up to my my mom, be like, hey, Ric Flair is in AEW. She's like, oh, I know that person. She ain't going to start watching because Ric Flair is in AEW. Like, I don't think WWE does this when they do the legend shows and everything. It always pops a rating, right? It pops a rating for one night because you get to see them one time. And it's like, oh, that's fun. Nostalgia. Cool. If they did this every single week, no one would care about it. It would just fall. It'd be like, All right. Well, when are we going to see the new people? What gets hot in wrestling? Typically, new stuff gets hot in wrestling. Trying to bring back people who are 70 years old doesn't typically doesn't get hot. Like there aren't too many examples of it. You know, TNA basically tried to do this and it, it failed. WCW, they kept running the, you know, after Hogan and Flair, uh, after they had all passed their point, what happened was we were like, no, nah, okay, when when are we going to see the new, oh, WWE, this is what they're giving me. They're giving me these new people. That's what I actually want to see, not these older people. And then WWE, they kind of hit that point too when they had no competition of like, wait, we've seen Cena for a while now. Can we get, and Cena wasn't even like old. Now Cena goes into the nostalgia and he's working with the new people. But you got to you gotta move on from this stuff. And that's what AEW was all about. Like that's what it was all about. It They got praised for the way they use their legends, right? Arn Anderson comes in. Oh, they're using him well. Jake Roberts, they're using him well. They use the legends well. Flair is just a different case because I do think one, the allegations play a big part and it. it's the same thing with, with Hogan. Hogan is in, in an allegation. He's ruined his own public image. Like these guys, they have ruined their own public image. And so they don't have that goodwill with the hardcore fan base. So this is what I tweeted yesterday. The hardcore AEW fans, the core AEW fans, which I think are, MJF says it's like 7%. I don't buy that. I think there's the AEW fans are a lot more online than that. Like this company was almost founded on, on kind of an online fan base. Um, the announcement was made on a BTE episode of the, the of Double or Nothing and just the founding yeah. of the company. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Continue. Yeah, I think I think the AEW, the core fans are a lot more online than the WWE fans. The WWE fans, I don't think are because it is a lot more like kids and stuff. So I don't think they're they're quite as online as the AEW fans, the core fans. I didn't see any positive reactions to this. It was some older fans who were like, "Hey, cool, Rick. You know, I like Rick. I grew up watching Rick." That's the fans you're gonna get, and I don't think those fans are sticking around. I don't think they actually care to watch this show. If they did, they'd probably already tune in because they'd just be wrestling fans. They might just, they hear of Ric Flair being an AEW and like, ah, okay, cool, you know? And then they move on with their life because wrestling, they just don't care about it anymore. They don't. And honestly, if they tune in to watch Ric Flair, and I don't mean this as a knock on the the new age of wrestling, if they tune in to watch Ric Flair, they're going to see all this flippy stuff and they're going to be like, not my wrestling. And then they're going to tune out. They're, they're probably... They're probably they're not the fans you want to go after. They're just not. You want to find the new fans that you can get into wrestling. 
Like that's that's what it comes down to. You want to find new fans. You don't want to try to bring back an old fan base that doesn't exist. We know it doesn't exist because if it did, when WCW went out of business, WWE would have had 8 million viewers instead of their audience basically falling in half since that time. It would have doubled, right? Those fans just don't exist. They don't. So you don't try, you don't need to try to pull them back in. There's upside with Flair. Again, when it comes to merchandise, when it comes to video games, I do also think, and this is a whole different conversation. I think there's upside to Flair when it comes to media. Ric Flair's on ESPN. He did an interview with Variety. He's always on TMZ, not good or bad, but like Ric Flair transcends your typical wrestling media. He just does. He's in rap videos. He transcends wrestling. People are going to see Ric Flair and be like, oh, Rick, maybe they want to find out what he's up to. Or again, the more likely answer is, oh, there's Ric Flair. I remember him from the 80s and 90s. Let's move on with my life after that quick little not wink and a nod type of thing. That's most likely what it's going to come down to. But my point is he does the big time media stuff that Paul White is doing, that Mark Henry is doing, that Chris Jericho typically does, that Jeff Jarrett does. This is good for AEW. The different conversation is, should it be these guys? And the answer is, no, it shouldn't be. What's the Young Bucks doing? What's Kenny Omega doing? What's Danielson does pretty well with media. All these guys should be doing some more media, though. Yeah. I, I did. You and I have talked about that on multiple occasions, too. Max does media when you get to Long Island or when there's a big pay-per-view coming up and he needs to put over the title match. Why isn't Jay White out there doing media? You know, he's a guy that would absolutely crush it. There are plenty, plenty of wrestlers that you put behind a microphone every single week, sometimes twice, three times a week. Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, Billy Gunn, for Christ's sake, would be fine if he wanted to do it. But instead, you're leaning on some of the people you just mentioned. Now, those people do the local media. Like, yeah, it's it's honestly a little upsetting that those are the guys, you know, Jarrett was doing all the local Louisville media this past week. Why? Why is Jarrett doing this media? Jarrett was on that show for two seconds in a backstage segment, which maybe he was on was what, which, which, by the way, was like one of the most eye popped moments on that show, just because of the look on their stupid faces. That was the best to me. Sorry, continue. I don't know, but he was on that show for two seconds in a backstage segment. Maybe he was on Rampage. He had a match. I don't know. I didn't read the spoilers. But if he did all this local media and you go out and you're like, oh, Jeff Jarrett did local media. I'm excited to come to the show and watch Jeff Jarrett. You probably didn't see him. Where was Jay White? Jay White's in the main event. You're right. Like Jay White's a big one. MJF, he typically only does it when it's local Long Island. Swerve should do it. Hangman should be doing it. Young Bucks. Like most of these guys just do it when it's local to them. Swerve, when they go to Seattle, he'll do the media. Um, Darby, Danielson, sorry. When they go to Seattle. Yeah. Dar- Darby, like these guys do media when it's local to them. They need to be doing media when it's just media to do. Trying to think of the women that they could be using as well. Chris Statlander, I'm sure she's wanted to do more promo. She's wanted to get more under her belt. She's mentioned that in interviews. Sheeta at one point when she was champion going into London did a shit ton of media. And that is with her own admission that she felt a little self-conscious about her English and she did a wonderful job. She was great. She was a great ambassador for the company. Those people deserve those reps. They deserve that opportunity because again, this kind of ties back to what I'm talking about when it comes to getting those reps and getting your opportunity to build your character. You don't get those opportunities if they're not presented to you, whether that's in the ring or out. 
And signing someone like Ric Flair, yeah, he'll go out and go do media. But guess what? Now suddenly Ethan Page has to sit in front of a camera on his YouTube channel in order to cut a promo or whatever it is that he's going to do. I when I interviewed Ilya Dragunov, um, this was before before he won the title. I forget the name of the show. No Mercy, No Mercy. Um, it was before he won the title at No Mercy. He was doing a ton of media. Some people ask for it. Like Cody and Drew are very they they speak openly of like yeah, give me as much as I can. One because I think they they understand the machine behind it all. Two, I think they want to use it as get better at promos. Drew has said this. I asked Ilya because he was doing a ton of media about that. Because I'm genuinely curious about this stuff. As someone whose large part of my job is listening to a lot of interviews. I listened to two hours of Ric Flair speak yesterday after they – because he did ESPN. He did Observer. He did PWI. I got another one that I just found this morning that I'm going to have to listen to after I get get done with this show. I was doing a lot of Ric Flair. I like to know who's – like what goes into them doing these media blitzes and stuff. I like to know, Hey, do you want to do it or not do it? So I asked Ilya, I was like, Hey, like, is this your call? Is this something they do? He's like, yeah, I don't like fully like doing it. Like, this is not something I push for type of thing, but they asked me to do it. I recognize it as an opportunity to get kind of like better at promos, get good with words and things like that. And then I recognize it as opportunity to push the brand and push myself some of these guys, they might not want to do it. They need to do it. Even if they don't want to. If, if some of these people are saying like, hey, yeah, I don't feel like doing it. You got to tell them like, look, look you, you need to do this. It's good for you. It's good for us. You got you, you to gotta think bigger picture here. And the WWE guys, there's probably a reason why you see the WWE guys doing so much because they get that. And whether the, the younger guys don't get it or don't understand it, they're using their vlogs and everything. Like the vlogs only go as far as they're going to go. Getting out there in front of local media and in big picture media is going to get you a lot further than these vlogs. So I'm going to say this right off the bat. And and I'm glad that you mentioned this because this is one thing that, that WWE kind of does have a leg up on AEW on. And this is one time where I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to just do the comparison. The PC for this particular method is so useful and beneficial. They have a whole digital media zone, a whole room, a whole space where you can cut promos, where you can do character development work, where you can do interviews and media. And you have people there who are full-time working in the PC, helping you out and getting you ready for these things. They have PR branded people for better or worse. I get that, you know, for some media, it's like, oh Christ, I'm going to get PR stuff. We, <laughs> we had Snitsky on the show. And what did Snitsky do at the end of the interview? Literally pulled off his one sheet and like read off every single MLW spot he could. And you know what? It was fun for us but like we also knew that he was going to do it but he also gave us legitimate answers to questions we asked he had a good time it was fun but there that's something that the pc has is the ability to have you in front of a camera and feeling confident and comfortable doing that Shotzi last year or two years ago even for halloween havoc they had her doing the media rounds and she was nervous as hell she said it herself but this was an opportunity for her to get out there and do that the stand-up scrums every single major pay-per-view for the last year that they were doing them at bunch of new talent bunch of similar talent all learning and working together this is this is beneficial not everyone has to do it but i see dave in the chat saying like it's their job and to a certain degree yeah everyone should have the experience of trying it i get that some people just want to be wrestlers that's that's understandable 
But sometimes just being a good wrestler ain't enough. Daniel Garcia is someone who can tell you all about that. Sometimes you got to get a character going to get that eye on you. I know Danny Garcia is not exactly getting the, he's not getting the right eye on him, but he has the right fans eyes on him. If I'm Daniel Garcia, I'm a little upset. Not, I mean the flair stuff, but like you're bringing out Paul white with his knees and he's getting this spot over me. Like that, that to me, like we knew it was Paul White, right? Because Jericho was like, hey, I got someone bigger than Powerhouse. Like who's bigger than Powerhouse? Well, big show, ha ha ha. Like we knew it was going to be him. But th- this is another example of like, huh? What? Why? You have Daniel Garcia sitting there who they completely dropped the ball on. Completely dropped the ball on, I believe. He should have been. He should have been one in the Sammy Guevara position. I know Sammy's hurt right now. Like best wishes to him. Uh, hopefully, you know he recovers and gets gets feeling better. But like he should have been in that Sammy Guevara position. I think they. It's still. You want to say it's early with these guys because in some respects it is, and it's like, hey, they don't need to do it all right now. But then you look at the Jade situation. It's like, oh, it's early on Jade. They don't need to do everything with her. What happened? They didn't do everything they could have with her. She bounced. You look at these situations like, no, nah, maybe if you got it and you could do it, you you probably just should. And I feel like they're dropping the ball big time on Garcia because he actually, he went, he was just great professional wrestler, Daniel Garcia. And it's like, oh, we're, well, Jericho wants him for the JAS. Let's bring him in there to give him some entertainment to so we can, you know, sports entertain everybody. He did that. He got the feud with Brian. He got something over the dance. He sports entertained everybody. And it's almost like the punishment for it. This was what everybody complained with WWE. You got yourself over and they didn't push you. This is the whole Matt Cardona situation, right? Zack Ryder's like, you went out there, you got yourself over. That wasn't our plan. You dick. Get back here. No, no, no. Come back. Garcia basically did that. And it's like, no, 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 no. That wasn't in our plans. Get, get, get back to teaming with 2.0 type of things. Like, well, what are you going to get over for? I, I feel bad for someone like Daniel Garcia, who and I think very highly, very highly of. He should rebrand himself to Danny Cardona. <laughs> Call himself the the indie god and let him have that gimmick on so, on AWTV. We're going to get into like dynamite and stuff here in a second. Yeah. I want to hit these super dresses. Oh, okay, here you go. Yeah, uh, it says TK needs more help. Maybe, maybe more hands off. I don't know if he needs more help. He, is, help. he brought in. What? He has. He's got help. help. Yeah, he brought in Jimmy Jacobs. He brought in Will Washington. He's got people around him. I don't only think he needs it. Pat Buck. Like, there's people there. It's not necessarily help. I think he needs why men, why people around him i tweeted this it didn't get over because i don't think anybody understood it and because engagement sucks on twitter i tweeted you know uh um now i now i forget get the name oh man i'm blanking uh mindy mindy from animaniacs (laughs) well any anime there's only two people two types of people in this world everybody either like animaniacs or you don't or you either like it or you suck yeah (laughs) So Mindy from Animaniacs, she just goes around. She just asks, why? What you doing? Oh, I'm having lunch. Why? 
because I'm on a break. Why? I'm tired of work. Why? Like you, you just need someone to ask why on a lot of this stuff. Chris Jericho and uh, Kenny Omega. Why Kenny Omega? He's teamed with Chris Jericho. Why? Well, you know they're the, they're the Golden Jets. Okay. Why? Well, they they have Canadian history. Why? Jericho, Kenny Omega is he's light. He he cares more about Chris Jericho than he does about the Young Bucks right now. Why? Right. Well, because of the Canadian stuff. Okay. Why? Why does Chris Jer- Why does Kenny Omega not care that Hangman Page's house was broken? In- why does Hangman Page not care that his house was broken into? His house gets broken into, and the next time we see Hangman Page. I'm coming out here to defend my six-man titles. Yeah, why aren't you why tearing, up, Hangman- why aren't you tearing up the backstage looking for Swerve? Yeah, like, oh, I'm just going to come out here and defend my six-man titles. Why? Like, have someone who just asked why to this kind of stuff. What's really funny to me is um, I, I saw someone in the chat being like, you brought in Pat Buck, who didn't produce really good stuff on Raw. You brought in Jimmy Jacobs, who did the spooky stuff in TNA. That's not all Jimmy Jacobs did. Jimmy Jacobs actually has one hell of a mind for wrestling. I think at the end of the day, you've got you got a guy who just, you know, he's getting pitched a lot of stuff. And I think uh, there's just, thank you, Oreos. Um, oh, mint Oreos, no less. I saw the, the green. You, you've just got a guy in Tony who has a lot going on and gets the final say. So... Here we are. Yeah, Jared said it. You know, basically T- TK needs someone to challenge him. That's what it is. And I don't know who that is, and I don't know if there is someone who does that or not. It could very well be that there are people who are just like, "All right, cool, good meeting, let's go." This is the creative, and everything just kind of goes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this super chat from my soul bowl from earlier. As an AEW fan from the jump, I think the harshest reality for me is that TK has more Carney in him than I thought. I think I really thought he'd be the antithesis of what we have for 20 years before. So. I don't necessarily think that Tony is a carny. I think Tony sometimes seemingly bends the knee to to other voices in his room. Seemingly, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not a, I'm not I'm not going to tell you. What's I'm, I'm more commenting on I, the term carny can be taken yes. a lot of ways. I think Tony is a wrestling promoter and a wrestling fan. We saw the promoter side of got an important announcement. And we see the fan side of, I loved Ric Flair growing up. I love Sting. Let's bring, let's do this. Like he's a wrestling promoter and wrestling fan. Carney is, you can take that a lot of different ways. Yes. What I'm, what I was getting. Hey, sure. If you, why Sobel? Sorry, Joel. Why Sobel says that's Carney. Fine. Like if that's what you want to call it, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and, and my, my general point was just that. Tony, Tony has people of influence around him and there are ongoing conversations that these people have about how to run their program. And yeah, listen, things have changed because the people around Tony have changed over the years. And so I'm not surprised to see that there are some people who are feeling a little bit disenfranchised from where things have been. Uh, How many times have you and I sat here, Jeremy, and I said, you know, Tony once said that he had uh, a whole, was it, a, a, a spiral notebook full of, you know, dynamite results from when he was 13. And he's going to, he's running through those. And I was thinking to myself, well, that's not sustainable because you're writing, you're writing based on nothing when you have personalities involved now. Now you have investment in talent. Now you have people who are going to be against what you're trying to do and it might push back or maybe whatever you thought about when you were 16 isn't really going to work now that you are in your 
40. Are you 40 now? Regardless, you, you're now that you're older, it's not going to hit the same. It's not this in you, but you stick to this thing because again, you know, you, Tony doesn't pivot. Well, we talked about that as well. So we get stuck in this, this feedback loop where just everything, everyone wants it to change. Nothing changes. And then when it changes, it's not very good because of the people he's potentially involved with. How many times have I made the, the joke that I'll oh, hold on. The, the engagement accounts, engagement, engagement, engagement accounts. I'm going to fight all of them. Yes, let's Joel go. Burrow. Let's fight them. Yeah. I'm going to talk about engagement accounts in just a second. Don't you worry. No, okay. no I want to get into that in a sec. Cause I, yep. Go ahead. If you want to make your point there. Uh, can we beat them up? All right. It's just uh, people are just like, oh, I, I saw this engagement account run this quote. Maybe we should run it. It's like the only reason the engagement account has this quote is because we did run it. <laughs> as is tradition like what are we doing um anyway uh sorry by the way i don't think that i don't think punk disillusioned tk i think punk was a wake-up call in certain ways to how to handle your relationships with talent so i don't make i don't think and, and it's a very different tightrope to walk <laughs> yeah that's, that's what i'm used to when i edit this show yeah, sorry. I, I try to be better about muting my mic, uh, but like, as I just get hit with stuff in the middle of the show, and I'm like, I gotta respond to this right now, uh, especially if it's you know work related in in our, in our staff chat and everything. Tony, how many times have I made the joke? EWR TEW booking. Tony's just gonna he's gonna book stuff based on letter grades and stuff, and I feel like he does that a lot with uh with some of these segments. I talked about this on Spotlight. I'm not gonna go back into it, but. You know, he he did the angle where okay, Jay White pins MJF. Like, cool. Like, that's not gonna get a a great uh, a great rating on on EWR. Like, just Jay White pinning MJF. That match, the guns, they, they lack overness. Uh, you know, they, it's not gonna they, their work ethic or their work rate not graded as high for as, as other people. You know what would be good? Acclaimed in MJF scissoring. You know, overness. Uh, rated on overness. This will go great. And so it just ends the show with that. It's like, you don't have to do that. Like, it's okay. It's okay to let things breathe a little bit. And you don't have to jam everything into one show. Like, it's cool. It's not going to hurt anything. It's just not. Like, you know, Dynamite, somebody, I think it was Jeff Valley Driver of yesterday in our chat was like, this has been how Dynamite's been for years. It's just been fast-paced, fast-paced, fast-paced. It's like, yeah, like, uh you know that's that's the truth and that's what a lot of people like about the show like that's what a lot of people like about that we've talked about it like sometimes it's a little too fast and when it comes to WWE, sometimes it's a little too slow i thought collision had a nice little balance for a little while um but yeah just because it's been too fast and it's been that way for years doesn't mean now is like oh, okay well now we accept it it has been that way we've talked about it for years it feels very much worse nowadays it feels like it's now really moving too fast nowadays so i want to turn back to flair for just a second uh last night while i was about to cover impact this started this actually happened before impact went on the air and that's important to the story uh someone had put out you know on their account if you if basically like if you're not going to interview rick flair then 
like you're lying to yourself. I'll, I'll, I'll find the stupid tweet. Um, but essentially it was, uh, okay, whatever. They've taken it down. Um, they, they was like, you're lying to yourself if you don't want to interview Ric Flair. And I, I replied, I was like, no, I have less than zero interest in interviewing Ric Flair, especially in 2023. I don't want to platform someone who has allegations against him. I don't want to platform someone who can barely tell the stories he tells now. And when he does, they change from minute to minute. And then finally, this is the most important part. Can we please, for the love of Christ, whoever you believe in, if there's a deity, a man in the sky, clouds, whatever it is that you believe in, the dirt in the soil, stop boxing everyone into the same, like the same box. Stop it. In what world do you think that we all operate on the same plane? We had a report on Fightful Select going back to the CM Punk stuff. That WWE expected people to ask about punk and nobody asks about punk. And that's me. I, I have my busy asking about Taylor. Swift. Well, I, I have my own theories about that. And a lot of that comes from WWE putting out a, uh, an announcement that they were going to do a post-show presser on the weekend of the event that kept a lot of people who would normally be in the room asking those questions away from the room. And that's not WWE like doing it on purpose. I think it was literally a, a very late decision to have that uh, press conference, which I don't know why they did it because there was nothing of like super note that happened at this particular show. Regardless, why, why would you want everyone doing the same thing? Why do you think it's okay that everyone wants to ask these, these, these questions that people be like, Oh, I just want to ask him about the great matches he had. Cool. Great. All right, fine. You know what I'm going to ask him about? I'm going to ask him about the allegations. I'm going to ask him about the embarrassing times he had on WCW Nitro and Thunder between 99 and 2001. I'm going to ask him about the set that he couldn't walk down because he slipped on it once and then became a little baby bitch about it for the next three years. You remember that set, by the way, the, the, wow, the alien no. set? Yeah. So there, there was a, there's a, someone actually put a whole super cut of it. So when they, when they did the WCW alien logo and the, you remember it would part at the center and then the wrestlers would walk out. So the first time they did it, apparently whatever was, uh, on the, the rampway that had the C in the WCW, he, um, he slipped because something was coming out of it. I think it was embossed the C on the ramp. And then from then on in, you can see every single week, Rick would walk down the aisle, but he would avoid the sea or he'd step over it. He'd step to the side. He just avoided the whole thing. And it's awkward and hilarious all the same. It's on Reddit, I think. Uh, regardless, I know. And now you got to go looking on Reddit, which is a hell zone of its own. Rick, Rick, Rick Flair slip. Instead of yeah, Rick Flair slip, which I'm sure is another thing that comes up. Um, my, my point is, Everyone has a different reason for being here. If we were offered Ric Flair for 20 minutes on this show and Jeremy and I had to make that, that decision, I can tell you from my side, the answer would be no. I would not be interested in having a conversation or platforming this guy because there's nothing that is of any interest to me. I would tell you from my side, the answer would be yes. And I would ask the questions that you kind of mentioned. And, you know, Mike Strahl says, so you wouldn't want to interview Hulk Hogan, Joel. Look, I'm, oh, I would. Friggin' lutely not. Same, same thing. I don't, I'm going to get bullshit answers from a bullshit human being who has not told the truth in 55, 60 years. 
all it's fair. Like Hogan was on Hawani's show. Hawani asked him about the stuff. It, you know, he gave the answers he's going to give. Flair's going to give the answers that he's going to give. I I will say that if we were offered these people, and Joel doesn't have to do the interview if he doesn't feel comfortable doing it. I completely, I'd understand that and respect that as well. I would take the interview because I know I would ask those questions. And I would be up front and be like, I'm going to ask about this. Now, if he doesn't want to do the interview now, that's y'all's call. But I'm going to ask about this. Like, I would make it clear that nothing's off limits, right? If they say stuff is off limits, I'd be like, no, I don't want the interview. That's fair. Once once it comes to that, then I would turn the interview down. But I would take the interview because I would ask about it. And they're, if they're going to give me some bullshit answer, they need me some bullshit answer. I feel confident that I would at least press a little bit on those things. And then you, you go on from there. And look, I understand why Joel wouldn't want to do it because you don't want to give him the platform. You think it's going to be bullshit. And I completely understand and respect that. I would do it because I feel confident in the fact that I would just press on it and get an answer. If it's bullshit, it's bullshit, whatever. Like I, That's on them at that point. But I'm not going to dissolute my my own self and my own credibility of just being like, yeah, I'll take it, but not going to ask any of this stuff. I, I understand both sides of it. I do. I don't, I think when you get those interviews, those are questions you have to ask. And the, when people don't ask that, that's when I'm like, eh, what are we doing? What are we doing here? And some very respected people that have interviewed these people have not asked those questions. And I think that's a little, you know, that it's a little upsetting, but what can you do? Yeah. All I want to do is interview Scott. The more right. <laughs> I had, cool. I actually, I had someone ask me offline. I, I thought this was very interesting. They were like, have you ever um, been in an interview and like things got weird or you thought that they were going to not like you or get upset with you because, you know, we, sometimes we ask jokey questions and, and I said to that person, I was like, well, you know, in our interview with Tasha Steeles, I kind of pushed back at her about her giving that answer about where have you been? And she was like, I was in the kitchen doing the flavor thing. And I said, no, 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 you did this. You gave that same response last time. I don't want this. Give me something else. And she didn't give me anything else, but I was kind of expecting her or, you know, impacts PR to just be like, what the hell is this? Luckily, not the case. I think we, we handled it in a certain way. I'm, I'm proud of the way that Jeremy and I handle they pulled they pulled their match from Bound for Glory over that interview, Joel. They made it a pre-show match. That's fine because it kept our algorithm in place. Can't see anyway. It doesn't matter. But I I just um, I am proud of the way Jeremy and I conduct interviews because we we have fun, but we also try to be as informative as we can. Uh, as much as we're going to talk to Simon Miller about his match at Impact coming together, yeah, I was going to ask him about toe wrestling because it's on his Instagram, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious and worth getting a story out of, even if a funny one for the audience who's watching. That being said, I don't feel, um, I don't feel like platforming someone like Rick would be beneficial to our audience. And Jeremy, I also understand and and agree with you to a, to a very large point that there is a benefit to interviewing Rick in terms of as long as the um, the limitations are not as long as there are no limitations to questions and being able to push back and being able to try and and have that honest conversation that you know again honestly I don't think we would get I think you would get it was a different time is probably the answer you would get if you pushed them but again that's me just assuming uh yeah, we would get numbers. That's about it. And I don't know if those are numbers that I personally. I, 
that that's fine. Like again, I I understand your point on this too. I wouldn't do it for numbers. I would I would do it to almost show almost show credibility. And I don't know, maybe that's uh too self-fulfilling, too egotistical. Very journalist of you. Very journalistic, uh, which uh, but I appreciate that because there is there there's truth to that. It does show credibility to us. It does show that we we work hard and we take this seriously. I it would yeah, it would just be almost a show of like, oh, these guys got a Ric Flair interview. That's cool. It's not this fluff interview that everyone else, hey, promote your stuff. Hey, talk about these old days and, and all of this stuff. Like it, they actually ask some hard questions. And then then you become like, oh, these guys, we know they're going to ask kind of tough questions, but also do jokes and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, we've had so I uh, it was a joke in the chat of when I said I interviewed Titus and I I was very vague about the issues with that interview. And so to now that the interview's out and stuff, the issues was I screwed up the recording. I did not record his audio because I was there was, was a lot of stuff that went on with that interview. It, we were running late. I didn't get a code when I thought like I was very kind of flustered with it. Um, to also just to add color, it was a Zoom interview and not. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yet. StreamYard is how we typically yeah. do our streaming. So this was on Zoom. And I'm not I'm not used to Zoom. The only other Zoom interview I've done is with Ilya. Um, and that I did like 20 minutes of setup with, with my wife to make sure it ran okay. And even then I spent like another five minutes because the settings changed when I got to Ilya. And so I was doing that. I felt really bad that I kept Ilya. Um, I, f- I felt really bad that I kept Ilya that long. But I was already running late with Titus. I only had a 15 minute window and it was already past that 15 minutes. Like, so we had started late and I was very flustered. I forgot to click some settings. I did not get his audio on that and joel fortunately they saved they recorded it as well joel saved me in that he pieced it all together because i got the recording i had my recording i sent it to joel joel did all that put it all together it came out how it came out which i think is very good but when i mentioned like oh yeah there were some issues with that interview that's what i was talking about but people in the chat were like oh jeremy asked about vince he asked about that vince promo what happened on there and i was like yeah i did I, you know, he's going to give me the answer that he's going to give me. That's fine. But I was not going to interview Titus and not bring it up. And there are ways to bring this stuff up, too. If you listen to that interview, if you watch that interview, I did not say, hey, you came out there. All this stuff with Vince is going on with that. Because you do kind of have to massage this stuff a little bit, especially when it is working with partners and things like that. But a good interviewer, and I don't think I'm very good, but a good interviewer will frame it in a certain way to where you they know what you're talking about, you know what you're talking about, and they're going to give you the response that they're going to give you. I don't need to ask Titus about Vince's allegations. He has nothing to do with that. You know, when people are like, oh, why didn't you ask Bianca about this? When they talk to Sean about like, it's a friggin' be a star rally. You're going to ask Bianca about this stuff. They got nothing to do with that. Okay, they, they just don't. You don't need to ask him about that. But in the case of Titus, he came out there in the middle of all of these allegations and everything and was part of that story. So I asked him about his part in that story. That's all you can do. In the case of in the case of Ric Flair, his part's pretty big. You know, his part of his story is that it's not some adjacent type of thing. He's part of it. Why Solable says the Santana Ortiz question. Yeah. I want to great- Can I talk about that real quick? I'll pull yeah, the curtain back. When we when Jeremy and I popped up before the show went live, 
we were talking about it and Jeremy said, I'm going to ask him about Ortiz. And I was apprehensive about it. Yeah. I even said, I was like, I don't know. Like, is that, is that going to upset him? Is he going to want to do that? And Jeremy was kind of like, well, it's part of a story now and it's been reported. So may as well get him on the record. And Jeremy was right. And it was handled perfectly because Santana clearly knew that that was something that was inevitably going to come up. So that was one time where like I took, I very happily took the L when it came to that conversation and it worked out perfectly. I, the Santana thing. Yes. Joel was like, I don't know about this. I'm like, no, he's, he's on. I believe this is like the first interview he's really done since all this came out. It's on television. They're talking about on Twitter. We have to ask about this. When court Bauer was on this show, the Jacob Fatu, you know, charity allegations were a thing. I brought that up. I, I interviewed MSL and the, the stuff with Erez and the contracts and stuff came up. I brought that up. I'm not, afraid to ask these questions that I feel should be asked that are, you know, major talking points. If the talent doesn't like it, or if their, their PR people doesn't like it, well, they've never said anything to us. So, you know, that that's like, we've still done interviews with MLW talent court's been, he's been cool with us doing stuff. He keeps giving us people like we ask Gangrel about page Van, like that's not a big hard hitting type of thing, but you know, like it's something to, to ask about. Like, I'm not afraid to ask this stuff and I, I want to interview people and I hope they expect to be asked about this. If it is one topical and two, uh, you know, I get newsworthy. Um, yeah. Gangrel was like, I don't know. I haven't heard from her. Uh, but you know, if it is relevant to the conversation and, and this is not to, to pat myself on the back or anything. Do it. it is what I feel. Do it. What? Do it. Yeah. I was Barry Horowitz myself. Uh, it's it's what I feel of like, hey, if these people are going to come on our show, I feel this this information is relevant to one me and to our audience. And, and Sean has said this before. It's like, oh, why doesn't let, let's let's talk about the the CM Punk thing that was not asked at Fastlane. It's like, why didn't you ask it? We had um, we had Uchino on. Ricky Chino on after that. And he asked about uh, Adam Edge at that press conference. He he even said, like, you know, I had the punk question lined up. I thought someone else was going to ask. And, and then nobody did. And so they they moved on. Sean's report was like WWE was expecting people to ask about punk. And they kind of had a pre, pre-written answer for it. Nobody asked about punk. You can't expect other people to ask these questions. So, one, you just got to ask them yourself. This is a knock on, on Chino. Or anything like that you know he i think he had he gotten another question he would have asked that question but you can't expect other people to ask these questions and you can't expect other other people to know what kind of content you want because they're only out for their content like this is the content that they are interested in i'm interested in getting kind of journalistic answers while also having some fun i think people get that from our from a lot of our interviews i i hope people get that from a lot of our interviews. It's like, yeah, we're going to ask some hard hitting stuff, you know, if it's valid. And then we're going to have a little fun and ask about toe wrestling and shit. Like, you know, Simon Miller is not someone we're going to fucking grill about things, but I did think it was relevant to bring up of, was there any apprehensiveness to, to do this stuff? Seeing the backlash of like, Oh, you're a journalist and wrestling, like, you know, the crossover type of thing you know what's funny and simon Mill- I, I don't even consider that no this is no no offense to simon i don't see simon as a reporter type 
I, I, see I don't, him, I don't need, I see him. As, no, um, he doesn't do like scoops and reports. Yeah. And stuff. I've always that. seen him as, as like a content creator who wrestles and like, to me, it was just like, yeah, this is happening. And again, on the show, when we talked about the, the, the thing with Joe Henry, I was just like, oh, this is great. Like I put it over in the interview and I'll say it again. Like I, the way that that came together was so well done and so creative and different for wrestling that it worked. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't see Simon Miller in that world. And I don't understand anyone who was just like, oh, you're a journalist. And it's like, I don't see him writing. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm with you. I, I brought it up just because, you know, people do that shit. For sure. Like, you know, I, I assume if I ever do something in wrestling, which will never happen, I don't want it to happen. People will come. I don't know if I have a big enough following, but you know, again, Sean does it, but Sean is a, like a legitimate reporter when it comes to that stuff. The whole point of this is like, if Joel doesn't want to do certain interviews, I completely understand that. I respect him for, I understand why he wouldn't do that. And I, res, I respect his position on that. And but I won't turn an interview down, assuming there are no strings attached to it. Um, if if they come back at us and are like, "Hey, no, we can't talk about this, this, and this," then I would be like, "All right, then you know what? We're we're not going to do that that interview in that case. Then you know that's not that's not for us. That's not something we want to do." Um, and again, if if Ric Flair's people came to us, and I don't think this would ever happen, said, hey, you guys want an interview? I would tell them, yes, is anything off limits? And if they say this, then be like, okay, we don't want to do it. And if Joel, and if they say no, and Joel doesn't want to do it, that's completely fine. I, I'll I'll do it myself, and I'll ask the questions that I feel need to be asked. We'll bring them on, and I'll bring myself off and be like, Rick, fuck you, and I'll just walk off. The th- no, you know what? This, that's a little unprofessional. It's a little unprofessional. I wouldn't do it. I really wouldn't. Uh, but to be perfectly honest, these are conversations that you and I would typically have offline, and then we would sort it out, whether that is to interview somebody, what we would ask in the case of a sensitive topic or whatever it is, and we'd kind of make the decision from there. It just comes down to how we collaborate and how we do the show. That's it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So some fans want wrestling reporters to ask hard hitting questions. Like they're in a white house press conference or in the halls of Congress. Here's the thing. It's entertainment. Like these are this wrestling is not a life or death death situation. We're not handling people who are, you know, misappropriating funds of the taxpayers and trying to, we got a 69 celebration tomorrow yeah, night. Okay. Like that's what it is in wrestling. Like we, we, I think it's important to hold people in the community accountable but I do not think that your immediate reaction to everything is to make them um, persona non grata or just like be done completely. There is, again, this is the, this is the thing with Rick flair and the louder conversation is that there is a, there's a history there. There is an understanding, but what's going on now and what we know does tarnish that legacy. And for a lot of people, they're going to choose the way that they talk about or cover him or handle Ric Flair now. Yeah. Cam Hawkins, pal, Cam. Shout out to Cam. Uh, great piece on the ring yes. uh, on LA Night this morning that, that I read that uh, Cam's so good. So, so good. We have to and, and stop I'm... him. He's so good. <laughs> he must be stopped. That's true. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Cam said, I'll turn, I'll turn down the shit out of somebody I don't rock with. I've done it with WWE. But, you know, everybody is, is free to turn down an interview. If you don't turn down an interview, 
I don't begrudge you for that, but I will kind of be like, if you t do an interview and don't ask certain questions, I will just be like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, I still got to cover it. You're not, the thing is, is like, I'm probably the wrong person to speak on that portion of it because my job is to cover shit like regardless on everything. Like that's just what it is. Um, you know, I, I have to, I, I got to cover a lot of stuff. So that's, that's what it is for me. Um, yeah, you know, I, Ric Flair does all these interviews. He's not asked about that stuff. Um, uh, he's not asked about that stuff. And, you know, I still got to cover that though. That's just what it is. So, um, so all the champions in AEW are, are not serious. <laughs> There's my transition right there. I mean, that's yeah. Um, dynamite. Let's, let's talk dynamite real quick. Cause it's very funny that we were like, Oh, we're going to talk about dynamite. And then we just kind of got a full 45 minutes on, Flair yeah, sorry everybody no yeah I, I love that we had that conversation i thought it was very good uh that's kind of what this show is it's it's tangents and, and rantings uh yeah so mjf is the world heavyweight champion you don't know that because he doesn't have the belt um yeah nobody nobody's important none of the none of the titles mean anything right now by this by the feelings of it you have world tag team champions that you wouldn't really know exist because there are trios going after him or after them you have Sheeta, who has a film star lit, who's gone crazy trying to go after her world championship and gets filmed in black and white. You have the trios champions who are excited for the 69th day as trios champs and don't have and and, are, and one of the members is trying to have sex with Max Max uh, Max Jacob Freeman. So there's that. And then you got a TNT champion who's well the best ever, the only serious championship in AEW right now. Believe it or not and again, is currently on the shoulders of the guy that nobody wanted to ever take seriously as a wrestler, and that's Orange Cassidy. And that is the AW International Championship. Uh, Jeremy, there's a lot going on. We got to talk about it. That, by the way, the, the Orange Cassidy match against Claudio from this week was fantastic. That was a great match. I, I, I very rarely take issue with the in-ring work that comes from these shows, but man, so much of these, so much of these storylines are just not doing it for me. And so many of these titles are just not important. They're not even props. They're barely there. One of them is, and it was the one that opened the show. Yeah. The orange Cassidy stuff is, uh, you know, always, always good. Um, sorry. I keep getting these message staff staff tell them fight tell them engagement accounts to fo <laughs> tell rick flair can wait for another day yeah um okay uh sorry um the same oh the, all these all these uh comedy feuds and and stuff like i'm kind of i'm kind of with you on it you know the world title the, the backstage stuff was funny. I like that Wardlow actually went after MJF. You know, finally, I keep I kept saying well, Wardlow's being a bitch. Just go get him. He's right there. So he he went after him. Like I, I did like that. There were some funny moments in there. Uh, it doesn't all need to be comedy. I think that's what what kind of Joel is is getting at. Is like sometimes you do need the serious stuff. And Orange Cassidy and Moxley is very serious as it should be. Like we got injury playing a part to this. Um, kind of stuff and 
it is it is a lot of comedy though and i wish some of the comedy would breathe a little bit and that that was my whole point uh on on spotlight yesterday is like jay white penned mjf that's that should be a big deal like pen the world champion first time mjf i believe has been penned on dynamite like he's lost on dynamite but i don't think he's ever been penned until that match on wednesday that should be a big deal and by the end of it it was just 69 celebration they scissored ha 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 like that was that was the takeaway billy gunn yelling over the censors and billy gunn was the most over person in that he's like you're gonna scissor him like yeah fucking tell him billy <laughs> it was yeah that was something else and again it was like so okay max took, uh, i gotta differentiate between max caster and mjf that's another whole problem because i call i call mjf max most of the time now anyway max caster takes a bullet for mjf so does that mean that max caster gets to take mjf out on a date now is that what we're going on like again we don't i don't know what the max caster thing is all about it's just uh it, it's a very weird like you can call it teenage comedy or sophomore comedy and that's fine i love that shit but it just doesn't it doesn't work when every other storyline you have is that and when your main title your world title is not even important to the overarching story you're trying to say like if i'm max i would just i i'm i would be more than pissed that i don't have my title but instead i'm trying to get friends i'm trying to find friends i'm trying to you know i'm trying to put my ring of honor tag titles on the line the world championship means nothing and what's more frustrating is like you said you had jay white decisively pin mjf in the middle of the ring and yeah you know what maybe that was just giving you that image and the last few weeks have been jay white's gonna be the guy but he's not gonna be the guy right now and that's fine you're building jay white's stock but the overall storytelling is just not working for me it's a comedy story that just has no legs i feel like heel mjf would absolutely hate babyface mjf and again that, but that's the thing we, we're, we're having this conversation is like is this still heel mjf trying to act as if he's a baby face so that he by by the things that he knew about written wrestling is is he putting on the facade or is he slowly just believing his own shit? yeah i i don't know i guess we'll have to see whenever adam cole gets back or not back uh where they end up going with the mjf story they were clearly throw a curveball with the adam cole injury you know what was it supposed to lead to i thought just introducing the tag team titles convoluted that thing even more and then now with the cole injury it's convoluted convoluted uh with everything because now mjf just needs a bunch of friends and everything i like that mjf has a lot of targets on his back i wish that that was presented a little bit differently um in the fact that he he's going after the I, I wish it wasn't so comedy with all these targets on his back when he doesn't even have the title with him. I, I, I wish he would just kind of present it in a in a different way. And he's he's more concerned about the comedy than like, hey, here's Wardlow coming after me. Here's like he mentions it, but then he's still running around doing all the stuff. I go back to that Samoa Joe segment where he just like accepted Joe's handshake and is like, Oh, he wants to like, huh? This is not the MJF. This is the why this is the why portion of things. Why does MJF just immediately accept Samoa Joe's handshake and not think he wants something in return? Like you can't dumb down babyface max after him being the smartest heel in the world. 
a that's a disconnect to me. Before this one guy who's inevitably going to leave a comment on the video saying they tell their stories differently and it's a different presentation to wrestling. Yeah, it is. It ain't very good right now. It was good that when the ideas were good and different right now, what they're doing is repeating a lot of the old stuff that doesn't really work anymore. They're repeating the same stuff across different storylines. Again, Tony Storm, we had a great time talking about this sudden development of character. Why did she get a title shot? Because she gone batshit crazy. Yeah, she she lost some matches yeah. before before that, but yeah, at least she won a couple of matches. Like you oh, know, at boy. least they gave her some victories. You no, know, you're right. And again, it's a whole the women's division and all that. And I, we, again, we've beaten that dead horse, unfortunately, way too many times that even I'm tired of talking about it. But it, it, like she comes out after the Sheeta and Willow match, which again. Great match. We talk about it. it was a good match as we expected. And they did the thing that I told you they would do. And that's in, that was move forward the Willow Sky Blue Julia Hart story in a very strange way, in my opinion. But regardless, they bring out Tony Storm. This was the weird, the production on this was fudged up. They go to beat up Sheeta. Sheeta goes to beat up Tony Storm on the ramp. And then they fight to the back and they go to black commentary is confused because they thought they went to black suddenly for a commercial. And then you have Tony Schiavone being like, Oh, Oh, the lights went out as if like they didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah. And then they came up and it was Julia Hart. And then they did the sky blue reveal. And basically when Willow came out without the makeup, I was like, okay, so we're just scrapping the, the mist thing or what, what are we doing here? And then sky blue came out and misted, uh, misted Julia Hart. I don't know where it goes from here. I feel like we'll see another double cross by full gear or something. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was, and yeah, the, again, why solo will be like the knee that she'd have hit on Tony was awesome. Yes. It was very well done. The action is often very well done. The story is just a little, a little strange to me. The, the post-match stuff was more important than the match, which happens too regularly. Now, when it came to, I, I pitched this on Spotlight yesterday, and I don't want to fully rehash my, my entire words, but, you know, the, the Willow and Sheeta match ended up being just kind of, okay, it was there. And it was there in the first place because, I you know, I ranted about Willow probably shouldn't be having this title match anyway. The joke I made was, hey, let's do two women's matches, guys. Let's, uh, we thought about that before. Do a Sheeta match, whether it's a title eliminator or a title match. Do it. Do a Sheeta match. Give her a defense because that's all you care about is to add defenses to her record and stuff. And then do the post match with Tony because that's all you care about is the post match with Tony. And then do a Willow and Sky match, whether they're a tag team or do a Willow singles match or a Sky singles match to give them a victory so they actually get a victory. So when you give them your their inevitable title shot, they are, have a win under their belt and then do the post-match stuff because that's all you care about is the post-match stuff do two women's matches and i understand that you know people then people are going to be mad at like two women's matches that were only four minutes each how long was this willow and, and Sheeta match anyway like uh let's see the the willow and Sheeta match ended up running um nine minutes and 56 seconds so if you give me two five minute women's matches is that just as good as one 10 minutes 10 minute women's matches are you more happy are you still complaining i assume everybody's just gonna complain for the sake of complaining but give you know one can be give me like a seven minute sheeted defense give me like a, a four minute 
sky blue willow tag team match or singles match do your post-match angles at least it feels like you're featuring and then you're getting more women on the show as well because whoever she beats whoever willow beats sky beats maybe it is a tag team like at least you're kind of getting some more women out there even if they're losing but again the post-match angle is what mattered and that's what that's what it was here they did the match it was fine and then they did the post-match stuff, and that's all That's all that we were supposed to care about is this post-match stuff. I don't know where they're going with this story. I, I like. I did like that Sky Blue uh, did the mist on Julia because uh, that was that was a – I thought they were just going to do the same, hey, here's Sky Blue. She's bad now. It's creepy Sky. Creepy Sky. I'm going to nitpick for a sec again. If they knew that this is where this was going – why the fuck? Oh, are you? If you mentioned this Scooby Doo, they let gear, her have Scooby Doo gear. It doesn't make again. This is the character development conversation that I'm trying to have. Why didn't a producer, a coach, whatever, say? You ever think about maybe just wrestling in all black for a couple of weeks? And she'll be like, "Well, it's Halloween, so I'm getting the special gear." I mean, great, wear the special gear on the indies. Don't wear it on AW TV because you're trying to move forward a plot. Uh, some sort of story and those little things those little story things that works i will go uh sorry i'm gonna go across the aisle again i'm gonna talk wwe bloodline all black red shoes when you don't have the shoes it's you're out of the bloodline there is something to little presentation pieces that get me at least the 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 wearing the fucking scooby-doo gear when you're trying to get through the spooky thing just made no sense i don't why do i hate fun i hate fun when it doesn't make sense the the way more egregious thing is hangman page one week after his house gets broken into it's like yeah i gotta wrestle this tag team six-man title match these are very important titles to defend and then kenny omega being like yeah this thing with jericho is way more important than this group that we were so happy to bring back together and my friend's house getting broken into type of thing i gotta really focus on this thing i got going on with chris jericho because the don Callis family story has not run its course at this point like that's uh that's way more egregious than scooby-doo gear joel pearl fucking if hangman came out looking like scooby-doo he'd be feeling a different way about it jeremy lambert <laughs> i i would feel i would feel worse about it because like why you got scooby-doo gear when your house is getting broken into what's what's happening What's happening here? Well, let's go. Or, what are we doing? Or ransacked his house, so all he could make out with during the fire was a Scooby Doo onesie. I feel bad for. I kind of feel bad for Swerve, man, because he's doing these good pieces. Like when they attack Nick Wayne and they bloodied him up and everything, and like this is a really cool, like oh man, this is a cool like little beatdown. And then they just kicked AR Fox out like two weeks later after all of this because he lost a match. And then he does this thing with uh with Hangman, and then the follow up, like the follow up to his like videos here, which should show like really villainous shit. The the babyface counterparts haven't lived up to their side of the villainous shit, and I don't know who to who to fully put that on, but it feels like the babyfaces should should be doing a little bit more here after after swerve like does this good work outside of the ring i have no pushback on that it's true (laughs) and people are saying ar fox screwed ar fox and like yeah i i I understand what people are saying you could you can write that differently you don't you didn't have to write that like it's not 
I understand that sure AR Fox, you know, messed up and couldn't go to London and everything. They didn't have to do the kick out of the group they and everything have injured him. after all that. They could have injured him. Look what happened to Phoenix. Yeah. They just injured him and took him out of the anarchy in the arena match. But yeah. Uh with all that in mind, yeah, Swerve Swerve continues to do good stuff. I have no idea where this all goes to unless you do Swerve gets a title shot in the new year or maybe Swerve gets the world end title shot. Like, what do you want to do? I've seen people, they're having the match at full gear. Um, I've seen people say that, and typically when they do these rematches, it, it becomes a, a three match thing, right? It, it becomes a a trilogy. So the the consensus is that Hangman's going to win. You set up the, the third match. Um I've seen people say that Swerve wins and then Hangman like hits a breaking point with all this. He gets fed up with the elite stuff. He gets fed up with the young bucks. He gets fed up with Kenny not having his back and he goes heel. I do wonder what that looks like. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I wonder what a heel Hangman, I think it'd be good. I, I, I like Hangman. I think he's, I think he's good in whatever role you kind of give him. Uh, they've really cooled him off over the last year, but I, I do wonder what that looks like if Hangman ends up going heel out of that and basically turns on the young bucks. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the right play because I feel weird. It, it's sort of a, the Nick Wayne play. Like this dude got his ass kicked and then he just turns heel. Hangman gets his house broken into and everything. And then it's just, Oh, we're going to turn. He's the heel somehow out of all of this. You got to figure out how to book a baby face. That ain't comedy. So the young bucks are, currently trying to potentially turn heel i don't know what we're doing so the the buck and they were working heel that yeah. t-shirt turned heel on nick <laughs> you want to fill the people in he couldn't get he couldn't get the shirt <laughs> off it was like trying to rid struggling uh and then after the match the t-shirt went into business for itself and then after the match they go ape shit and you know what i like that i like that the that the young bucks were showing that passion that they were pissed off they lost the match they lost the titles and they're pissed off that their friend is being tormented by his rival i like that show that emotion and then they go back and they're like kenny why do you like this jericho guy more than us we're the elite as long as this isn't another elite breakup to come back together story because we've seen that a few times already as long as we're not doing that let's like let's move towards some sort of heel turn let kenny turn on jericho at the pay-per-view let the elite all simultaneously go heel <laughs> see okay then, then i didn't the go ain't gonna heels, do it so but i think they're better as heels um, but if Kenny turns heel, it's like he got screwed over by Don Callis and the end game is Kenny is a heel. They got a baby face. Some of these guys, like they're the ones getting screwed over here. The end game cannot just be, you got screwed over. Now you're a heel type of thing. Like you gotta, you gotta baby face somebody. Yeah, you do. You, <laughs> the answer to everything isn't always uh turn him heel. And I agree or just turn him face, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it's a little confusing right now and for me and, and for anyone who's just like, y'all criticize AEW too much. Well, maybe listen, if you're enjoying it, good, good for you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy wrestling for the enjoyment that you get from it. For us, it ain't hitting right now. And that's why we have this show. Do it, do it in the weeds review show and tell us yes. how weird critical. Do it and make sure it's 10 minutes or less because that's how you get noticed on YouTube. Yeah. Make shorts. Yeah. We need people to make shorts for us. Uh, and then, yeah. So actually, I like that Matt Black from uh, WrestleZone had mentioned that uh, the idea of having the Young Bucks not 
do the match at full gear against Starks and Big Bill, but instead of FTR take on Starks and Big Bill, maybe win the titles, maybe not, doesn't matter because then the Bucks come out afterwards and say, our title matches for any time, anywhere, and we want it right now. After the match, they have a grueling tag team match. Whoever wins, wins, and the Young Bucks just come in, take advantage of the situation, win the tag titles right there, big shock, and this cements that the Young Bucks are, are, are heels. If you do that, I, I, I read that and I was like, I like this idea. It's such a shitty thing to do, and it's a, a really good way to cement the Bucks' heels. I, I like they're better as heels like they are better as heels. So I I don't mind that. Then you're going to have to. Depending on who wins that match, are you baby facing FTR? I guess they're they're kind of they're baby face enough at this point. <laughs> um, if Ricky and Bill win, then you're baby facing them. And I don't think they should be baby face like they're they are definitely heels. So. You should do a quick switch on FTR. I don't, but then I don't need FTR doing this complaining nonsense of like, you know, we beat you when you were at your bed. Like then, oh no, the world's the, end thing would just be a, a triple threat tag match. Okay, I don't want, I don't want whiny FTR. Like I don't want that coming out of all of this. So I like the idea. It somebody's got to ask why, and they got to flesh it out. Yeah, why, 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 why? That's that's like you got because again if FTR if they beat Starks and Bill cool they're the baby faces I think they again basically are the baby faces at this point I will say they win sorry, go ahead go ahead oh they win Young Bucks come out they're they get screwed over that really baby faces FTR and if they're just gonna Bret Hart whine and complain and which I assume they probably want to do anyway that's not fully for me the only downside to what we were just talking about is that they're in la and that is technically bucks territory yeah they're gonna get cheered cheered. yeah regardless of what they'll you know what they'll do they'll they'll cheer they'll they'll do the whole thing they'll cue it up and then they'll have the streamers but the streamers will still be laker colors and people will cheer even louder and it'll be even more confusing be clippers colors if you do clippers colors then you might get yeah whiny ftr would make them heal like i don't think people want whiny ftr like i just yeah you gotta you gotta flesh out the uh the the heel baby face stuff i i know people might be mad at me of like the the shades of gray type of thing i think it works in some cases and we talked about it on wednesday drew and seth like you you know who's the baby face and who's the heel in this but they're doing a very good job of presenting the two sides AEW, is just guys feuding with guys and like moxley's the heel but he's also the baby face against Orange Cassidy. Like that, the Moxley dynamic works. The House of Black dynamic doesn't work for me of like who they're going after uh, type of thing. Like certain guys can pull it off. Uh, other acts can't. House of Black should be going after everybody. They should just hate everybody and be real black metal nonsense assholes. Yeah, Clippers colors in the forms. That that would make them heal. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what we're like, trying to do. We're trying to make them... It's, it, SoCal may be Lucha Bros territory, NorCal is, is Bucks, but it's still California as a whole for AEW fans, I would assume. And I feel like the Bucks would have a, a hard time getting booed. But like Jeremy said, you 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 shoot out Clippers colors after the win in that re- in that arena, you'd probably get a good a, a good response. Yeah. You have James Harden come out and present the titles. <laughs> that's that's a big should- move right there. 
they should go all James Harden. James Harden's not a system player. He's a system I'm, player. I'm not a part of your system. I threw it on the ground. By the way, this popped me. Finally, my one troop calling in life, making YouTube shorts responding to in the weeds. Please do. Go ahead, Fair. do it. Send it to all of us. Uh, Caden sent a super chat saying, said it all last week. TK is pushing away the hardcores. I don't think it's less, it's less that he's pushing them away. It's just the decisions being made are not in line with what AEW's original core values seemingly were. And nothing was ever said that this is what AEW, like there was no charter of, of rights and freedoms when it came. They had a mission statement. Wasn't it just we're back? No, I'm just kidding. Um, what what was their mission statement? Do you remember? I think Cody had it. So no, he's not maybe once Cody. <laughs> yeah, like, once Cody left, the mission changed, brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they did have a mission statement, though. Right. I I remember writing about this. Uh, hold on. Yeah, you're gonna find it. Up. Yeah. AEW mission statement. Uh, AEW is built to create moments of a lifetime. Memorable. No, 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 no. This is the AEW website. We're not doing that. Safe, inclusive, and respectful environment for all AEW events that is central to their mission. Now, it's a much, much longer. Yeah, I got it here. I got it. Yeah, like Tony Khan is. Tony. Yeah. Yeah, they they had a big old mission statement when they they first launched and everything. So, I you know the again missions can change, plans change, pal. That's uh that's what it all is. I'm still mad that you know when they had their big dynamite thing. Um, when they had their big dynamite, and they they promised me stats and and you know uh analytics and everything. They they did the rankings and then gave up on that. I was looking for how many super kicks the Bucks threw per match and stuff like that. You know, I thought they were going to really lean into that stuff and they didn't. That upset me. Me too. Just personally. Yeah, I get it. Uh, hey, by the way, leave a thumbs on the video if you haven't already, because uh, you got to do that. Cody Will sent a super chat saying, looking forward to Turning Point and Crown Jewel, because we have a few minutes left in the show. We may as well pivot a little bit. I don't want to get into Turning Point because the show was already taped and airs tonight, and I know what happens. Uh, but you should join us on YouTube.com slash Fightful for the post show. Myself and Crescent Star will be live after Turning Point goes off the air. Uh, but Crown Jewel is this weekend. And uh, what do you want to do? Just, just hear the matches and who's going to win? I feel like a lot of these matches are kind of straightforward. Um, LA Knight should win, though, and pop me. Yeah? I don't care about anybody else, yeah. Okay, I'm into it. Okay, we can really just mess people up with that. I don't think he will. I don't think anybody expects him to, but, you know, change it up a little bit. Just have LA Knight win. Cena and Solo, I'm I'm interested in how they book that, because it it feels like Solo should win. Um but it also feels like Cena will win. And then you could do the disappointed father, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa type of thing. So Daddy, that's honestly like, that's probably the most interesting match from a, from a win loss perspective that, that, that I have. I, I Seth and Seth and drew as well. I'm, I'm 50, 50 on priest cash again, Seth winning and then priest cash again. I think that, I think that's a possibility. Yeah. I, Cody and, and Damien opens the show, you said? I think, yeah, I think so. They got Sammy and uh, whoever on the show. Oh, JD, show. yeah, that doesn't count, though. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Sam, I think Cody's going to open the show. Do you remember the very first Saudi show that they ever did, the, the Greatest Royal Rumble? Do you remember that they did the long-ass kickoff show, and in the middle of that show, they did the call to prayer? 
I don't know if you remember that, but it was a whole no. thing. You, there's a, I think I watched that show on delay. Oh, I, yeah. so no. I was watching it while I was at work, like doing my thing on one screen. And then, yeah. So I just remember them talking about it as you watch, like all these people just, just walking away from the arena and the, 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 the panel has to explain what's going on. It was very awkward anyway. Um, yeah, there's nothing on this card that really jumps out at me as like a, a for a, as like a big shock. EO Sky and Bianca Belair, do you change the title or do you have EO retain? I mean, is this do we are we getting Kyrie here? You know, do we think I mean reporting is she's back, baby. She's on the yeah, she's on the things. On the yeah, so we, we could get we could get Kyrie um here to confront the winner. I, I feel like Bianca gets this belt at some point because they're setting up Bianca and Charlotte for, for Mania. So I, it feels like Bianca gets it at some point. Does that match need a title? Probably not because the whole story is Bianca wants to beat all the horsewomen. So that's the story. You don't really need a title for that. But they love putting Bianca and Charlotte in title matches, and I don't know if they know what to do with them if they ain't in title matches. Also, you can make the, uh, the case that Charlotte loves going after titles. So yeah. if, if Charlotte's holding the thing that, uh, sorry, if, if Bianca's holding the thing that Charlotte wants and Bianca wants to beat up all the horsewomen, at least both sides kind of match up in, in terms of. Oh, yeah, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like, I'm just saying, like, I don't know if you need it is the is the only thing, because you can still still tell that same story and of just like Charlotte just coming out and just being like, heard you want to beat all the horsemen women Well, there's you know title or not i'm the the biggest best one to beat let's do this type of thing like it doesn't need the title because card's subject to change brother brother everyone's listening i gotta grab something joel riff for two seconds all right well there's three seconds four seconds sure whatever as long as it's not going to take too long i'm 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 looking forward to the show i'm sure it'll be fine i'm going to watch it later because now that i have a a kid who runs around all day I can't watch wrestling live in the afternoons, even though wrestling in the afternoons is probably the best time to watch wrestling. Plenty of good stuff, though. Looking forward to Rampage. Looking forward to Collision. Yes, I know people are probably going to be like, oh, Joel doesn't actually like AEW. I do like AEW. I like watching wrestling. Looking forward to Impact. I think I might try to go to TNA Hard to Kill. I'm still on that. We're trying to, Jeremy, we're trying to crowdsource and crowdfund my um, possible trip to go to Vegas for TNA Hard to Kill. We're trying to get money out of these people, Joel. Knock it off. Why? They're so good to us. They are. We appreciate I it. I do appreciate it. But All yes, right. get get Scott Demore to send me to Vegas. I'll be there ringing. Demore's doing a bunch of interviews. Why won't he come on our Why? show? Like, I saw that and immediately I was like, what is this? Why can't I have him? Yeah, is it because I call him my dad and post photos of us side by side all the time? Probably shouldn't do that, Joel. I need Scott to see it so that we can talk about it on the air sometime. Probably shouldn't do that. Why not? It's going to happen. Anyway. Crown Jewel. There's not much else I got in terms of the Crown Jewel conversation. We can easily shift to literally everything else going on this weekend. Talk about what's going on in Collision this weekend. Um, There's an eight-man tag match. Darby Allin is taking on Lance Archer. Swerve and AR Fox have a match. Ooh. And uh, yeah, so it's FTR and La Faccion Ingobernables versus Ricky Starks, Big Bill, Gates of Agony. I'm ge- so I'm guessing this is where we set up FTR versus Starks and Big Bill for the tag titles. Unless the Bucks come out afterwards. 
No, nah, it's probably a setup FTR big bill for the tag titles. But I do like that Ricky tweeted like, hey, I f- didn't forget that the Young Bucks are owed a tag title nope. shot. And it's like, yeah, well, everybody else did, Ricky. Bucks certainly did. Uh, Lance Archer yeah. being on the card is shocking to me because uh, it's not Battle of the Belts week. It's, is it in Texas? Is the show in Texas? Is that why it's on the card? I don't, is it? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. They're probably in Kentucky. Although they're they're, they're about to spend a lot of time in Texas, and it was very funny when they they did the ticker underneath one of the shows, and I think it was Tony Schiavone was like about to spend a lot of time in Texas. Really looking forward to spending a lot of time in Texas. They're in Wichita this week. Okay. Yeah. yeah usually they bring in Lance when they're in Texas. That's true. They needed they needed someone their Darby to get thrown around by Lance's easy easy pickings there. So good on yes. good on Lance for getting a booking. I like Lance. So they're doing Arlington, Texas for Rampage and Dynamite on the thirteenth, and then it's final battle from Garland, Texas, and then it's Collision the following night in Garland, Texas. Then they're in Oklahoma, but then they go back to San Antonio for Collision the following week. Uh, and yeah, so they're just around the Oklahoma Texas circuit for a while. Sure. Sure. Why not? What the hell does happen? Okay. I'm back. Something weird happened. My screen flashed. And the acclaims national 69 day celebration. Is this where house of black lights on lights off and they go after. No, they're in a match earlier. Aren't they? No, no they're not listed at least as having a match unless I. Miss oh, Oh, then maybe. Yeah, sure. Just have them target. Have them target the acclaimed. We haven't seen that enough this year. Looking forward to that. Is there anything else from this week? Smackdown's taped. Smackdown is on Fox tonight, not Fox Sports 1. Okay, please check your programming. Coors Light, not Bud Light. That's right. So make sure make sure you watch Smackdown if you want. I don't care if you watch it or not, honestly. It doesn't affect me either way. We'll be not talking about it on Monday. It's main channel Monday, this coming Monday. My doctor's office is literally calling me right now, which, by the way, is the reason why I might not be on Monday's show because I have my my annual physical. It's very important to get checked up every single year, okay? So I may not be on the show. Or if I am, I'm going to be late. Jeremy knows. Thank God. Really? Come on. We're going to have some people on the show. How about that? Rampage is tonight, Joel. Let everybody know about Rampage. I thought that's Tony yeah. Khan's job to let me know about Rampage. It's on TNT, I think, at 10 p.m. Eastern. Good for you. Good for you, Tony Khan. You've pulled back since your announcements about important announcements. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of your wrestling. Watch Rampage. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't even want to touch the Tony announcement because we spent all week being like, it's level two. Oh, it's man. Level two. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. The second man. Nigel was on the screen, I'm like, oh, it's all in. <laughs> I will say this. People are being being harsh on Tony by saying Tony called it huge or big. Nigel used those words on the show. That that's not Tony's. Tony fault. Tony said it was important. No, and then Tony tweeted out when the show went live that it was a huge announcement. So he oh, did do well, yeah, someone Tony's pointed that out to me that. and I was like, "Oh, you made it worse." <laughs> so, yeah, Tony's got to But up until that point it was an important announcement and we were just like, "Okay, it's level 2, it's not a big deal." And like there was the Toys for Tots talk that you and I had and they had already announced it and maybe it was going to be more and holiday season. When, when Tony started with holiday seasons among us, I'm like, oh, they're going to do tickets. They want people to buy these tickets for Christmas. <laughs> and here we are. I thought it was hilarious when he's like, my family's Christmas tree has been up since July. He was like waiting for like the, the, uh, the laughter. <laughs> what's the, yeah. What's the, uh, the, uh, 
the the presidential candidate who was like made the joke and then they're just waiting for like the laughter. It's like, okay, then it just like moves on. Like most, most of them. Ah, uh, true. I felt for Tony. I was like, oh, he, he was so proud of that one. And there was just no one there to like, no, no live studio audience to pop for it. Which is even uh, funnier because like whenever you watch RJ's show, they've got like the, the four people behind the camera yeah. laughing. You'd expect someone to do that. Yeah, Jen Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes he makes the whatever crack, and he's just like waiting. He's like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, that wasn't Jeb, but that was her was, Howard Dean, wasn't it? Her Dean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they did the important announcement. It was tickets. Like, look, it is important. I understand why you would say that. You just don't do this stuff, though. This, this is like this is yeah. The please clap. Um, yeah, that was Jeb. Uh, just don't do this. Like, this is again where you, you need someone to ask, like, why? Why do we need to say this is some important announcement? We're just going to get the fan base. We're going to get them expecting something. And it's only going to be disappointing. And I think Tony knows this because remember years ago when they did, oh, we got an announcement. It's like tickets on sale for Florida. And it's like, hey, buddy, like this only affects Florida. We need to do something to make this up. so i went back and i and this is how we did the, the levels right i went back and people were like it's a it's a major announcement it's a huge and i looked up the times when tony's account actually used huge or major whichever one it was and that particular time was the last time that he used that specific wording when they did the uh the florida tickets and, and the uh, way that it was reacted to and then it became here from important very important and then huge announcement so it's it, there really are levels to it and it's a very strange thing just you know the the bigger announcement and i'm not saying you know it was better but the bigger announcement was the flare thing and they did that through a, a press release and then a media blitz but that was the for wrestling fans for the most part that was the bigger announcement. You know, the tickets thing, like it's it is important. I don't disagree that like it's important to know when the tickets get on sale, plan, do plan everything out. Like for wrestling fans, that is important stuff. Uh, do you need to like make this a a segment on Dynamite that you like hype and get the get fans like, oh, what is it gonna be? Get fans speculating type of thing. Like, no, probably not. Like that's just where it's like, hey, we're gonna have an important announcement tomorrow at eleven AM on social media. It's like, oh, okay, like it's probably not gonna be that big. And then you see it's tickets, like, oh, okay, like, yeah, that's, that's fair enough, Tony. You don't need to dedicate TV time to it. That's something where it's like, do another women's match, add more time to the women's segments. I'm thinking to myself, this is when you have your most captive audiences during Dynamite. So, like, to a certain degree, it makes sense. I think it's more just about setting the expectation that it's not important or it's not huge. Like again, it's the, the expectation setting with fans and you and I talk about this as well. And I don't want to get into the, to the weeds on this too deep because it's Friday and we're almost done our show. But if this was specifically for the UK audience and they wanted to make it on dynamite because dynamite airs on free TV and it's like, it was important for them to see it and so on and so forth. I, while I do agree that you put that on socials as well, um, you kind of have to take your biggest platform and use it as the platform to launch the ticket sales and then put it out on socials and put it out all over the place with that video package, that little video that Tony did with Nigel. Uh, so like, I see the importance of it, but it really does come down to just picking out Tony Khan is a very important announcement regarding all in 2024. 
that would have that would have been perfect. Yeah. And people would have been like, cool, on sale day for tickets. That sounds good. And we would have probably just tempered our expectations. Pretty simple. Or maybe the idea was that they wanted to announce Flair and then they realized uh, maybe someone asked why and there was pushback and they were like, maybe we shouldn't because people didn't like them the first time. No, I think they I think they announced what they wanted to announce uh, in, in both segments because the Flair thing, they tried to spin that as the energy drink deal and that is something you're going to put in a press release type of thing and do it midday mid-afternoon so i think they, i think they did what they wanted to do in both instances i don't think either were the the right way to go i mean you're going to announce flair how you're going to announce flair the important announcement thing i think you could just get you you didn't have to do it like that because i this is where this is the dixie carter thing all over again it's like you start burning your hardcore fans and your hardcore fans are just, they're going to get sick of it by the end. And they're just going to tune out. And that's exactly what happened with Impact. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. Our hardcore fans, they're hardcore, for, hardcore TNA, TNA, cross the line. It's like you get burned so many times, you just get tired of having third degree burns. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to go chill over here. And I'm just not going to watch wrestling. Or WWE is actually, like, WWE's hot right now. No, it's like, I'm going to, I might actually just watch more WWE or watch all this other 5 million hours of wrestling that's available to me. Yeah. Or we can just re-sign Bram. You could re-sign Bram. That always usually works. works. Meanwhile, Ric Flair is stating that he has received clearance from his doctors and can take bumps. (laughs) Yes. In the end of the way, he can take bumps. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to bump. Like he's, he's, he's going to do it by himself. Like no one's even going to hit him. Is it, who's who's thing facing Christian Luchasaurus? Luchasaurus is a big dude. Luchasaurus is gonna walk up to Flair, and Flair's just gonna take a back bump like right off of Luchasaurus, just like walking him down. What's gonna happen? <laughs> Quack doctors. Yeah, well, welcome to wrestling. <laughs> Nick Wayne, he's gonna make Nick Wayne look like a badass. Uh, Nick Wayne's just gonna come out. Nick Wayne's gonna go like that, and Flair's gonna boom back bump. This is the last thing I'm going to pull out, by the way, is the uh, Frantic World saying, I wasn't upset about the announcement because now I can try to save up for all in London 2024. And again, that's why like this particular announcement did have weight and it did have importance, but it was more about setting expectation. Tony Khan is going to make an announcement regarding all in 2024 would have gone further than trying to be like, I have a huge announcement. And then people start getting into their brains and over speculating. Like it didn't add to the overall rating or hype for dynamite like yeah they did better this week than last week but if they had done worse than they did last week ratings wise then there would be a whole different conversation going on so that's they're they're in the eight to nine range like if if they're in that range that's largely what i expect from dynamite at this point if they fall below it then something they the competition probably is not great and if they rise above it then hey maybe they're they're heating up a little bit but they're largely in the eight to nine range right now yeah Anyway, speaking of which, uh, we're eight to nine minutes over the show. So, so? <laughs> well, unless you have something to add, Joel. Yeah, that's me. Gonna drink a G Fuel. Mm. That's a G Fuel because Woo Energy doesn't pay me nothing. Oh, you got the Let's see what this blue ice tastes. I was gonna have the blueberry nice. muffins one, but uh, it's still the blueberry muffin. I, my yeah. stomach. So, so Wednesday. Let me pull the curtain back as you drink this. I took the kid to daycare on Wednesday. Normally, my wife would do that, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I went and got a sandwich from the local uh, supermarket and it was one of those like got to go today ones. It was an egg sandwich. Turn me inside out. 
Yeah, egg sandwich. And it, is, uh, and it, yeah, yeah, I don't. It, and it didn't look bad. It didn't taste bad. Just I realized after everything, I was just like, nope. Yeah. So it's it was it, it's been rough for my stomach for the last couple of days. So I'm not going to drink tea until I'm feeling better. I said the blue ice. You know, blue ice. Everybody, blue ice. Not too bad. I can taste the blue. I can taste the ice. You know, that's woo. This is a good energy drink. Feel like you shouldn't say the woo part. Why? Am I going to get copyright? No, not at all. It's more just because it's oh. not his energy drink. Yeah, I guess not. Did you see the American Nightmare Apple Lemonade flavor that I pitched? Oh, yes. I thought that was an actual thing for a minute. I would, yes, actually, I think that'd be great. Yeah. Let's do that. Man. Cody, yeah. C4, American Nightmare Apple Lemonade. Get ready, everybody. The, it's the WrestleMania it's a- main event, he comes out in C4 Apple gear. It's going to happen. It's American Nightmare Apple Lemonade. You got to make it. Why Apple Lemonade? American Nightmare Apple Lemonade. I hate you so much. (laughs) I'm so proud of that when I came up with it. Oh, my God. So proud of it. Chat's asking me and Kate on Sunday. I, I think so. It comes, there's no show on Sunday, so I don't see why not. Oh, God, I'm so upset about not getting that. Uh, I was so, see, my tweet should have gotten over bigger once people like understood what I was going But the problem is, Jeremy, if you get too smart, they just don't get it. I'm too advanced for for all of these uh, these the pores layers to this game. <laughs> there is layer there is layers to this game. There there really is. There there is layers to this. Plug game. it. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Joel, we've seen our share of ups and downs. Oh, how quickly life can turn around. Oh God! In an instant, it feels so good to reunite. Within yourself, within your mind, let's find peace there. Stop it. When you are with me, I'm free. I'm careless, I believe. Above all the others, we'll fly. It brings tears. To my eyes, my sacrifice. I just want to say hello again. I just want to say hello again. When you are with me, should have stopped as well. I'm free, I'm careless, I believe above all the others will fly. This brings tears to my eyes. My sacrifice. Don't follow him on Twitter. My sacrifice. 
Cresta and I will be live tonight after the turning YouTube.com slash Fightful. I am Atrial Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. I just want to say hello again. We love you too, Kai. Thank you for the super chat. My lighter is not available to me right now because I will. I just want to Ladies say hello again. My sacrifice. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you on Monday. I might not even make it. Cheers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.